call-in show where you decide the topic. From love chat for Matt to the hate in your heart. I can't believe it. There are no limits. You can be nice. I love legends. You can be mean. I don't give a fuck. Or you can blow it all up. My Lord, God! Every Wednesday at 9, it gets crazy when you get their number and you can call them maybe. And now, here they are, Matt Christensen and Blonde. Hello and welcome to the show. It is the call-in show, the show where you get our number and we are at your mercy. Hello, Blonde. Hello. I I can't believe elections appear to have worked a little bit yesterday. Who knew? I told you it can't hurt to vote. It didn't hurt. I don't know. Who, who knows what happened? I, I thought there was going to be some shenanigans out of Virginia this morning. Me Last too. Night, I couldn't believe it. Shocking, I like, right? I was like, cue up. What's her name? Ruby uh, the, the and the suitcase people from Georgia with, and the USB <laughs> drive right. lady. They're <laughs> yeah. on their way into town. They we'll are. see it tomorrow, especially when McAuliffe didn't concede last night. Lo and behold, it's done in Virginia. And well, there are a couple of shocks, things I want to talk about on Sunday for sure. If we don't talk about them tonight, I can't believe New Jersey. It's it's called for Phil Murphy now, but barely one. Shocking. Yeah. And then did you hear about this uh, prospective Senator Durr? Senator D- Durr. Senator Durr in New Jersey. He's not Doesn't a senator sound like yet. A, like a retard at all. <laughs> but that, this is the great part of Senator Durr. Senator Durr is poised to oust the Senate president in New Jersey, the state Senate president. And his name is Ed Durr. And he's a truck driver who spent something like $150 on his campaign and had a Facebook page. So just <laughs> guy named D- Establishment or rando named Durr. And hey, New if Jersey voting voters starts working again, I, I will start voting again. In large quantities, if not winning quantities, New Jersey voters of a certain Senate district said, give me Durr. I will take Durr. I'll give try Durr. Me Durr. <laughs> Her Durr it is. I'll take that. There were a lot of interesting outcomes out of uh, last night's uh, vote, which perhaps we'll talk about. Perhaps we won't. But if not, uh, certainly we'll get into it a little bit on Sunday because uh, it's, it's not to say that I, uh, I'm i not the biggest fan of the Republican Party. I don't view them as the saviors of the country, but I do take some white pills in that the Democratic agenda is now going to be screeched to a halt in many contexts. And it, it, it does show that you can still get out there and vote and win elections um, if you if you put an effort to it doesn't mean it's the only thing and you should be satisfied with that. But I feel pretty encouraged today, more encouraged than I have for a long time. Something will happen that will strip you of your optimism. Don't get too comfortable. <sighs> Maybe we'll see how the callers feel. You guys know, uh, most of you guys know how to participate, but if you are new to the show and you're curious about how to get in on the calls, there are instructions for how to participate on whatever streaming platform you may be viewing on. Uh, We'll take your calls for half hour segments as we always do. And we'll stop every half hour to check in on your chats from uh, YouTube, tippy stream and D live. And of course, if you'd like to participate in the show, but you can't do it live or you're having trouble getting in live, you can send us an email question as well. We'll respond to those in the last half hour of the show. Uh, Matt Christensen media.com slash contacts. The contact page of the website is where you want to head and find the call in show question form. If you're looking to submit a written question, anything else before we uh, hop into the calls? Let's do it. Let's make it a less insufferable night than last Wednesday. <laughs> that is always the Wednesday aim. Less insufferable or more sufferable less insufferable is kind of a weird 
Okay. Double negative. I don't know. We're already off the rails and it's 7.04 mountain time. But we got a long way to go. First up tonight is uh, it's just a sequence of numbers. I'm going to go with 188. 188. What's on your mind? Hey, um, I just wanted to say thank you for everything that you do. I've been listening to you guys for years. I actually started with Blonde's original videos. And it's been such a nice, refreshing time. Um, my husband and I watch you every week together, and I just want to say that you both are amazing, and I really appreciate all the effort you put into doing these shows twice a week. Oh, that made me a little emotional. That's very kind of what? you. We we started off talking a little bit of white pill with the election, and um, <laughs> it's very nice to hear some encouragement. Thank you guys for tuning yeah, in. And really uh, Is this that. your first time calling in? Yeah, it's my first time calling in. I've always been a little bit too nervous. I'm pretty excited to be on the stream. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I went to a really liberal college and it was absolutely maddening. So I used to listen to Blonde and it was really nice to have like a base female with like a similar perspective to myself that I could listen into and be like, OK, there's actually attractive women who aren't crazy in the world. <laughs> were you one of the crazies? Are you reformed or were you always uh, a bit more level headed? Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty reasoned as a person, but hmm. um, I don't know. <laughs> Do you still I live in a leftist area? Um, no, thank God. Um, my husband had actually moved to a free state a couple of weeks ago, and I just can't believe what a relief it is. People are nice. They are orderly. I see no crimes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's crazy, it's isn't it? Fresh air. I can't, I can't imagine. Um, I'm just really grateful that my family was able to leave finally. It's yeah. just a thing. Yep. That, that is such a good feeling. It's a relief. <laughs> all right well i let you guys go on to the next caller and maybe next time i call in i'll have a little bit more i just wanted to show my appreciation and see how impressed i am with how you guys are both um taking family so seriously and doing a really great job it's neat to see the development over time oh thank you so much we really appreciate that very much appreciated and send our regards to your husband as well awesome you have a good night now you as well Bye-bye. Oh, man, I shouldn't have talked so much shit on everybody. Exactly. The, the first thing I said as a live chat tonight is that I, I hate all of you. <laughs> uh, tonight's going to be a good night, as Will I Am might say. We are poised for something special so far. All right. Uh, Durr. If Durr can do it, anybody can. Uh, Joe, uh, Joe I, I think it's Joe Kell, right? I always mispronounce the name. No, you actually always pronounce it correct. That was okay. correct again. I always stumble and and then get it right. That's a better way to say it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't normally hear the stumbling part by the time you pull me in, but yeah. fair enough. Uh, how you guys doing this evening? We are well. What's on your mind? Better. Good. Good to know. Uh, I was actually curious about something a little more personal and a little less political. Okay. Um, what is the approach or the tactic that you would usually take when you get into an argument that's uh, fairly heated with your uh, spouse or even Ooh. say, even say a good friend, like a really close friend or family member, they can uh, kind of all fall under the same umbrella for, uh, you know, dealing with that problem. This might be hard to believe, but in my very close personal relationships, I never go nuclear anymore. I like, that's good. I just don't do it. I mean, you can live down a lot of heated words with 
your husband or your wife, but you can't go back on saying like, I regret marrying you or something mm. like that. Like you can't go fucking nuclear no matter how mad you are at your spouse. Uh, Women will t- take that to the grave. They really will. I would say, obviously, the the layers of um, what I'm willing to tolerate. Like my wife gets, and it's not like she abuses it, but my wife is going to get maximum um, tolerance. You know, uh, she's going to get maximum sure, deference. Sure. Family members are going to get something close, right about that much. And my friends, you know, I like, I, I do my best to be a a pretty supportive, open minded, tolerant well, my, friend. My asterisk but, with the friend part, Matt, yeah. is more like a best friend. Like I have a best yeah. friend of twenty nine years. Yeah, yeah, I consider him almost more family than I would some family. I'll I'll, I'll give like, you like so. okay. So so if you want to, if we're just going to take the answer of how I would treat the most relate important relationship well, in my life, yes. which is my relationship yeah. with my wife, um, when I can sense that things are getting not helpful, productive, emotional, getting to that point where uh, you might say something you regret. I am usually kind of a step out person. Like, all right, let's just take a break, do something separately for a little bit. That, that I, I don't is so ev- infuriating. I don't oh, ever let God. anything linger. Like I'm not going to, I don't, we're not going to do the thing where we just kind of like passively, uh, passive aggressively avoid each other for days on end or something like that. But if it, if the moment is too destructive, just take a break. There's nothing wrong with taking a break and coming back to it. And we don't fight significantly. So this is rarely an issue, but um, when it does pop up, that's my strategy. What about I, you? I actually take an approach similar to Matt's. Uh, I can elaborate a little further. Um, I used to just, I find that that is also the case uh, just quickly as well, Matt, that when a moment is heated, nobody's ever making their best decisions in the heated moment. And they're certainly not making their arguments more succinct and clear. Uh, I have found often when that happens with me that uh, particularly in my situation, I have the advantage of taking a couple of days anyway because I wasn't seeing uh, my girlfriend every all the time. It was like mm-hmm. every weekend or whatever. But it allows me the opportunity to think about what it is that made me mad or what might have made them mad. And then I can constructively think about an argument. Well, not an argument, but a point that can be made to explain what it was. Because you're yeah. never really thinking about what makes you mad when you get mad. You're just you just know you're mad. It, 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 it's never clear as to the exact reason why. Yeah. You know? And I also just think it helps self like helps for the self reflection, so that you. Can uh yeah. I I think that forward that maybe when that happens you don't get so mad about the same issue coming up again. Yeah, and I think for me it's very helpful to uh, consider the other person's perspective. I find that it's not necessarily difficult. Or impossible to do in the moment. It just I do that better over time. It's not for me favorable. to understand your perspective immediately on the spot in the middle of a somewhat heated fight. Less mm-hmm. I'll do that mm-hmm. less effectively than than I will if I th- sit about sit and think about it for a couple hours potentially. Sure, I'll understand sure. more. Sure, I would agree with that. Yeah, and then where do you where where do you cross the line, or what what does cross the line for you to not with your spouse in mm. this case, right? But what where say on the friend line. Uh, what crosses the line or constitutes ending the friendship 
terminating yeah. it. You want to take this million one dollar question? Um, if, uh, if I, I feel like my boundaries are being violated or at this point in time, if I feel like I'm putting in more emotional yes. or financial resources yes. than I'm getting back, back. like I understand yes. that there are times in friendships when like you need more help and there are times in friendships when I need more help and it, but it should be an right. ebb and a flow thing. Like yes. I've had some friends where it's like they, they always fucking need something. And I'm, uh, I'm too old and tired to have, just, I have resources for like, tight. yeah, I have resources for like my kid and my husband and my family. And then like two friends, hmm. four yep, friends. I have, that's, that's I, have, I have, I only have three friends as well. As far <laughs> that as like is good perfect. Yeah, that is you're doing great. great. I, I think that, well, and I've known both of them for almost, like I said, almost 30 years each. Yeah. So yeah. that's, uh, well, two out of the three, the other one's a wife, but yeah. she's actually lovely. She's no, lovely, I, so. I'm in agreement on that. And Blonde helped me see a lot of that with former friendships that I had that oh, good. I, I used to think I just I used to think loyalty. I suppose it is a value in itself, but loyalty that's based on nothing beyond just the loyalty itself isn't really a value. There has to be a it's reason blind, that you're loyal right, right. to that person. Blind loyalty. Right? Yeah. And there it's were plenty of people blind, in my yeah. life where it's like, OK, what value are they providing to you? Maybe it doesn't have to be maybe every, every day might be too much of an ask, but it's like evaluate the sure. friendship over months or years. Have they given you some sort of benefit? And if they yeah. haven't, then why, why maintain why this bother, relationship? Right. Yep. So I agree. Yeah. I know it sounds well, like really cold hearted and transactional, but no, but it is. I mean, you need to invest resources in the relationships that you can leave the least easy. So like mm. the the most the people you're most bonded to and and obligated to those are the resources you should invest yeah. in the most yeah. and friends like you can always find new friends can't you that is I've said that many times the 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 biggest lesson of adulthood to me has has been that your friends are a lot more replaceable than you think they are and yeah. I, again I know that sounds cold hearted but they really are and that doesn't mean that you, you, you got to do right by people who do right by you. you you should be a good friend to those who deserve it and earn it but. I used to think, oh, man, we've been friends since like the fifth grade. Like, but that doesn't really mean much if they're just alcoholics who don't really contribute anything. Who cares? Sure. Yeah. So the lesson here is uh, give the give most of the important love to your closest inner circle first. Everything yeah. else is secondary. Yeah, In indeed. I agree. All right. Well, All right, thank guys. you. Man. Appreciate thank it you so much for the call. Yes, sir. You have a good rest of your night. You as well. Bye bye. Okay. I hate our audience less and less with each subsequent call. <laughs> Great showing tonight. You're warming Blonde's heart. I know. Look at you guys. Uh, always great to hear from Ratchet Republican. I'm feeling some renewed energy tonight. And of course, he's always bringing the energy. So Ratchet Republican. What's on your mind, dude? I got nothing. Do you? Mm -mm. Okay. Uh, Ratchet, last call. You there? Now, let's see if we can... Get him figured out. In the meantime, we have uh, Reloaded AK. Reloaded AK, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. What's on your mind? Uh, well, uh, today I wanted to talk about uh, something you might have missed in your um, expectations or things you're looking forward to when it comes to trials this month. And okay. This trial, which is actually going on right now. It's on day seven or eight. Uh, which which uh, trial? Sorry, you cut out a little bit. Uh, Charlottesville, the Unite the Right, uh, the signs of E. Kessler, and it's um, been going. Oh, on I haven't even been following that one closely. So, what's going on with that? 
Well, basically, uh, the point. Christopher the Cantwell is, been singing. Yes, he has been. He that has been motherfucker. God. No, 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 no. As in singing, as in he is going through a redemption arc right now. Are you serious? Oh. Yes, I, he is. I stand corrected. Let me Google this. He is going through a motherfucking redemption arc, and he is absolutely he is he is a pro se defendant, and he is absolutely tap dancing all over uh, Roberta Kaplan right now. Crying Just Nazi hijacks Charlottesville trial to rant about Antifa. Well, would yes. you look at that? Basically, the the plaintiffs have been constantly whining back and forth about objections. And um, let's see. I think uh, <laughs> it, uh, I said this is Jason Kessler, which is he's one of the named ones in the trial. It says incredible moment. Dunn, tr- uh, Dunn, which is one of the lawyers on the plaintiff side, trying to suppress evidence of Antifa violence. Every single defendant says, we want every single minute of the rally played for the jury. The more, the merrier. Karen Dunn. Objection, Your Honor. This is going to change the entire character of the trial. The defendants want the, the, want the jury to be able to see everything that was going on in the day of the Charlottesville rally because they knew Antifa and Black Lives Matter uh, counter-protesters, rioters, whatever you want to call them, were there to show up for violence. The whole, in point, uh, the, the whole like premise of the trial was based uh, on the fact that the plaintiffs, which was um, Signs and Roberta Kaplan and all them, they want to say that the people who organized for the Unite the Right rally gathered there for the purpose of uh, explicitly doing political violence against people like Antifa. They okay. want to say that they were the, that the defendants were the ones that were going to end up doing violence, not Antifa showing up and uh, screwing everything up. Hmm. And the the thing is, this is, is that, not going to work. <laughs> uh, well, did. Christopher Cantwell and a bunch of other the defendants are putting on a good show. He's defending um, himself, right? And so is Richard Spencer. Richard Spencer is a pro se defendant, and Christopher Cantwell is as well. And uh, some of the cross examinations have been pretty funny. Maybe I should um, invest in this more. I, my instinct is to not trust Christopher Cantwell because he was a Fed informant, wasn't he? Well, it, I well the thing is, like it, right now, I think he might have been like uh, pressured into it. I don't know if they had something on him. I'm not sure, but right now he's he's pretty much. Uh, doing tab dances on top of the plaintiffs and interesting um, where are you Richard watching Spencer it where had, can we watch it you can't watch it you have oh. to call in and listen to it it is illegal it is illegal to have Ooh, any sort of um file of the trial you cannot have any downloaded uh copies of this trial what? you can only listen call to it in and, and listen to it what do you mean like on are you talking about like a there's zoom a, call or something no there's a phone number you have to call like really? uh, okay yes and listen in on the trial over your phone and like I said, it is illegal huh. to have any sort of documentation of this trial. Besides so if you were your, to record uh, your phone playing it or something like yep. that, you'd be committing a crime. Exactly. And hmm. that's why I was trying to say this trial is about just as important, if not more so, than the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Because Kyle Rittenhouse, it's to be able to show that we should be able to defend ourselves against Antifa. The Charlottesville trial, it's to be able to show that we should be able to organize a political rally and, and, and organize our free speech. Roberta mm-hmm. Kaplan, who is one of the main lawyers has explicitly stated that the whole point that she is trying to do this trial against the Unite the Right people is to be able to bankrupt them and basically dissuade anybody from organizing these kinds of political rallies ever again. And this Mm. is from the Jewish Telegraph Agency, a quote from it, and this is from Roberta Kaplan. It says, The point is not to make the the 10 plaintiffs rich, Kaplan said. It's to create a disincentive for anyone to carry out the violence again. Our one point of this case is to make it clear to anyone considering this, if you do that, there will be very large judgments against you that will follow you until they are paid. Hmm. She said, noting that it is unlikely plaintiffs will be able to collect, in part because some of the defendants are in hiding and others are broke. Our hope is that it will act as a deterrent for people to engage in organized racialized violence. 
Well, the thing is, is that anybody who paid any close attention to the Unite the Right rally four years ago knew that Antifa and Black Lives Matter showed up and started all this thing to begin with. And we knew that the uh, the governor, the mayor, and the police chief basically threw those two groups together to create uh, the violence or to help like incentivize it. Yeah, I, I remember. And, and, I haven't seen all the footage, but I remember the controversy around police basically just standing down and letting a lot of this chaos happen. Right. And they want this to be a very high-impact trial. And the problem is, is that, uh, for them, is that if people start are able to see what really happened at Charlottesville, they'd be no doubt on the side of the, de- of the defendants on uh, with the Unite the Right guys, Cantwell and all them. Because, like, as I said in that quote about uh, them saying that if you show all the footage, it will change the, uh, this, the, <laughs> the entire character of the trial. Because the plaintiffs know that if the footage got out, then they'd be screwed. Man. And then uh, earlier on in this article, it says that... Um, <laughs> Government efforts to confront the rise of white supremacism have been inhibited over the last decade by free speech considerations. However, <laughs> vile the expressions of people who express hatred towards Jews, blacks, and other minorities. The argument goes, the expressions are speech protected under the First Amendment. This whole entire trial is to set a precedent in order to curtail your free speech rights under the First Amendment. Hmm. That's what well, Kaplan's I, trying to do. And not only that, but to disincentivize anybody from doing this kind of thing ever again. Because if you do... And the law can come after you. You can be sued into oblivion. So many of these guys. Go ahead. I I just can't believe how the article is saying it's it's sort of an obscure academic argument that the the First Amendment protects your right to to say what you want. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Technicality. You know? Yeah, it's pretty much that's that's how like it says it in the Jewish Telegraph Agency because Roberta Kaplan is a Jewish lawyer. uh, If you haven't figured that one out. But. It, this basically what these people are trying to do is to basically to uh, set a precedent for the future. That's what the high impact case is for. What to um, set a? Oh, go oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, it's, like I said, it's just to set a precedent to where they can say like, well, your free speech, the First Amendment doesn't really count in this case because violent extremism, because your speech is violence, right? Or it could be they can say anything like you did this to be violent, quote unquote. And even though anybody with half a brain knew that this was that was just a setup to begin with. Yeah. Same thing with Kyle Rittenhouse. Like, oh, you killed these two. You killed the the, the boy rapist and the and the thief and, and the white beater or whatever else. Oh, no. And how dare you defend yourself? Goyam? Yeah. Oh, God. Anthony Huber how- was just a good boy who loved to skateboard. I caught a little bit of the prosecution's opening statement. And yeah, and, yeah. it was like and it was like. Yeah, it's like oh, he just tried to reach down and grab Kyle Rittenhouse's gun. <laughs> yeah. He didn't try. He didn't do nothing. He was trying to get the gun away from Kyle. Yeah. Uh, well, okay, we, we got to wrap this up. But uh, is okay. there any place? So you can't watch the trial. Is there any place that, where you can check for updates on this or a, a, de- a yes. place to follow it other than calling in? Though there's a website. Uh, there's a there's a reporter named Trey Garrison that does a wrap up of each day's uh, reporting of like of trial trial reporting. Uh, it's at ni- national-justice.com. National, okay. and like the little hyphen sign, justice.com. And it'll usually be one of the top articles on that webpage. Well, th- well thanks for the... Go- oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Well, I was going to say, I was going to try to find the phone number you can call, like whenever you uh, they were able to do the trial. There's, a, there's usually a queue line or whatever. But I can post it in like the general chat and the Discord okay. later. Well, thank you for that. I this uh, I'm surprised there isn't more mainstream reporting on this because honestly, yeah. this 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 whole trial was just off my radar. They don't want you to know. Yeah, they will. I'll, I'll one, have to check it, it out. Could be. Yeah, uh, just keep a close eye on it, guys. 
Well, thank you, man. Have a good no night. No problem. Have a good night. <laughs> man. Uh, yeah, I, that, that's, uh, I haven't seen really any reporting on that, so that sort of surprises me. All right. Uh, Ratchet Republican, we'll try again. Ratchet, you there? I still got nothing. How about you? Mm-mm. Okay. Ratchet, we might miss you tonight, which bums me out because I love to hear from you, but uh, we'll have to see if we can get that mic figured out or what's whatever's going on with uh, with um, Discord tonight. Phil is up next. Phil, you the there? Phil. The Phil. How are you doing? Hi, Phil. What's on your mind? Uh, I was going to... Not much. I was going to drop a racial slur right away to get this thing started, but I guess that probably would be a bad idea. <laughs> well, uh, okay. Other than slurs, uh, what's, no, what's on kidding. your mind? <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, no, you're not. A uh, little bit kidding. I was thinking about the uh, the elections yesterday and uh, trying not to demoralize myself or my own side, but did, it, did anybody else notice that it took uh, – Virginia governor, the new one, like two seconds to disavow anti-Semitism and to Did point really? out that his, that his lieutenant governor is of uh, is black. That's a shame. After- Another waste of a tall man. I, I hadn't seen it- that, but I know that. Uh, yeah, it's obviously the pressure, uh, the 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 slam against him is that he's some kind of uh, you know white supremacist or something. Even though I've seen no evidence to that, but it, it would is that what he was addressing? Like. Oh, just to be clear, I don't hate these people. And look at this like diversity show that uh, I've come in with. Well, it seems that that's been the the Republican mantra in Virginia anyway, or all over the country. They've been pointing out their own diversity hires this year. Um, even Although, though in Virginia, in Virginia, the only reason he won was because whites voted block voting this time. Um. I don't know. I don't. I don't really know anything about the lieutenant governor elect. Because oh, are, are you in Virginia, or do you know much about Virginia politics? I'm not in Virginia. I'm, I'm just. Uh, I'm kind of peripherally kept. If um, I understand, they're elected separately, time. though, right? They don't run as a ticket. Right, the, yes. So, right. but the this um the the I've seen the headlines: first black female or highest black female office holder in Virginia. That's, those are the headlines about the lieutenant governor now, or the lieutenant governor elect. However. Um, she does, uh, she's posting all sorts of pro two a stuff. I, uh, so I don't know. I mean, I, I like what I see from her, but I don't know anything about her other than what I've seen the last couple of days. I'm not, I'm not saying she's a bad person, Yeah, yeah. but it annoys the hell out of me when I'm sitting here watching white middle, um, middle-class families go to the polls because they don't like their white children being told they're the devil <laughs> for being white. Yeah. And then the Republican party runs all over the place. Again, pointing out their own diversity hires because they think it's somehow going to win the press over or they're going to somehow get a cookie from the Democrats because, oh, look, we're just as diverse as you. I mean, how far away are we from uh, the the Democrats bringing back housing covenants and the uh, conservatives complaining that there's disparate impact? I mean, (laughs) it's just ridiculous to me. Yeah, I suppose we could totally. Well, would that be flipping the script or would that just be maintaining the original script? I don't know. Well, but conservatives yeah, I, are liberals from 20 years ago, so yeah, yeah I suppose. 10 years ago, whatever the number is. Well, um, let, let me ask you this, because I, I, I feel pretty encouraged by what we saw yesterday generally. Do you feel encouraged, or are you still feeling uh, discouraged about the state of things? 
I'm not convinced that an electoral solution is what we're is what's going on. Hmm. Half of you, half of you. See, I'm not interested in saving the GOP for the GOP's sake. I'm. Mm-hmm. This is probably obvious. I'm more interested in saving a people, a folk. And I realize those terms get bad play because of uh, certain other bad actors using them. <laughs> but, but um, <laughs> if the GOP will not stand up for their own voters, we need something else. And conservatism from the Reagan era isn't is not it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I I do hate the idea of playing on the, or or capitulating to their terms. L- look, we're not who you say. Who gives a shit what they say you are? They they'll call you anything. They'll like anything. You, these right. people, the Lincoln people like the Lincoln Project, they have no shame. They're actual pedophiles. All right. They're going to go yes. out there and make accusations of racism or something. You guys touch kids. Yeah. Who, who are you who accusing cares? of anything? Yeah. yeah. And people why still take I, such like, deep yeah. offense to the, the comment that they're racist. Why, why does anybody care? It's 2021. Who cares? Right. Like, like, oh, like, people think you're to, racist. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm supposed to give a shit about somebody being offended about something I say when they want to literally <laughs> destroy the future of my future children. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's, 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 you know, I, not the Fed post. I don't want a Fed post. I'll stop now. <laughs> what time is the meeting and what sort of firearm <laughs> configuration should I bring? I think uh, sawed off shotguns is the uh, the last stand of implicit right identity. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Um, anything else before we let you go? Uh, one last thing. Um, civilizations are like leaves. They change colors as they die. <laughs> okay. All right. Poetic. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Bye. All right. Uh, let's see. Oh, we're already at the bottom of the hour, man. We're due for a break. Time yeah. is flying by. Let me see what's going on over on uh, over on D Live. Silosopher, appreciate your support for the show and uh, Gypsy Mom, uh, Gypsy Mom, hanging out over there as well. Thank you. And we're good on Tippy Stream. If you want to check in on YouTube. Long Dong John says, what would have the Democratic Tiki Torch hoaxers plan have been if Antifa turned up? <laughs> would they would they have abandoned like, ship? Would they have joined them? Would they have fought them? Stayed in character? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I still uh, maybe I missed it, but we were wondering that on Sunday. Like, what was the true intent here? Was it to pass this off as legitimate? Was it just to make an obvious a statement from a bunch of people obviously fronting as Charlottesville guys? If that was the intent, I can't see them actually engaging with it. False flag, interrupted false flag. Eric Burns Marsh says, Lados ga Brandon. Is that some, uh, is that pig Latin for let's go Brandon or something like that? No, I think it's some Nordic language or something. Ah. Uh, Eric Marley. Uh, the people who most want you to think your vote doesn't matter are the left. Your vote works even when they tilt it in your favor. Vote often. Nah. I will I will do it because it doesn't hurt Uh, I'm still going to do it each and every time although the only thing on my ballot this year another goddamn tax property tax increase and of course the California flood said oh yes we love it property tax increases will surely make this place affordable it does hurt though I can look forward to that I don't don't think it hurts it hurts you and your and your ability to see the world clearly because you're still buying into a system that that doesn't uh, serve you in any way. You're still no. You, you're the, still dealing dealing in democracy when democracy is a farce. It is a tool in the toolkit. I don't think that you have to. It doesn't require um, 
full faith in the system, even That's though, true. you know, I, I would like, I would like a system in which we could put our full faith. Presently, Doesn't I'm it not, require some faith in the system though? I don't know because I, there's no, what is the consequence other than a, a potential waste of five minutes of my time? Because it makes you believe you wouldn't be doing it if you didn't think that there was a possibility that it would work. No, because it doesn't hurt. It's go. If I believe that it's going to somewhere and it's counting, there's only net positive. There's not net negative. There is no world in which that costs me anything to do that. Cost me something. Why? Because I I don't believe that participating in this in this farce of democracy is going to benefit us long term or that we can affect change through voting. You're entitled to that. So the act of voting is damaging to my worldview. Well, you're entitled to that, but I don't I don't see how it damages my life or damages my um, efforts to construct the world. We all have to make that decision, don't we? Of course. But I think not voting is you're entitled to not vote. I would never try to compel you to vote. I don't don't agree with that either. But, um, you know, you want to talk about local elections mattering, state elections mattering. I guarantee you, if you could watch the two Virginias play out under Glenn Youngkin and Terry McAuliffe, they're pretty significantly different. I I bet, especially for your kids at at their school, you know, but then again, my goal is not to put my kids in public school anyway. So that's true. I mean, we should be looking forward enough to see that the only thing that really is going to matter is whether or not they try to take our children if we homeschool them. Yeah. Well, that will be, I mean, it's already regulated to some extent by, by uh, the States. But the more popular it becomes, the more crackdowns on it you can expect. Yeah. Yep. Um, Lazarus Rex. I live in New Jersey. If the figures I read are correct, Murphy won by less than a percent with 90% of the votes in. What are the chances of a recount audit or the chance that will lean to a meaningful upset? I don't know. After the after 2020, all bets are off. I can't even... I couldn't make tell any you, assessment but, of any current election, but I could tell you this election being anything close, being anything that would warrant a recount or any sort of audit is itself an upset. Essentially. I mean, Murphy was, we know what New Jersey politics are like, but you can look at the polling. Murphy was polling something like 10 points ahead as of a week or two ago. So yeah. that tells you a few things like momentum is shifting in a particular direction right. and you know, uh, as usual, you can probably take the polling as being maybe a few points off one direction or another because people feel either a pressure to answer polls a certain way or they hear it's a pollster right. and they don't and they don't answer at a disproportionate level of or a, a, dis, a disproportionate number of the non-answers are conservative or otherwise non-democrats. I mean, what did we do every time a pollster contacted us in 2019? I'd, anytime I get a text, I say, get AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> or I'd lie. I, I did a lot of lying. I I yeah. hurled some racial slurs at some people. Um, Blackside Mountain yeah. says, not sure if you guys covered it, but what the hell is going on with that rape in Missoula by a refugee I've been out of state and just heard about? It. Yeah, it's Afghan's going to rape. That guy has a court hearing coming up uh, sometime soon. However, what I know about that case is, and it's not to say that it's, this is not to justify it or say it's okay or anything like that. But the circumstances are that this woman went to a hotel room consensually with this Afghan refugee guy. Sorry, I I stopped listening because don't care now. Well, that's an awfully short skirt to be wearing. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying you like fully deserved what happened to you, but it's kind of like... you definitely um, had it coming, right? I mean... It's kind of like walking into, uh, I don't know, certain neighborhoods of Detroit or Oakland and just firing off a couple shots. Maybe not quite that bad, because that would be a crime. But, you know, I'm saying there are just some activities that are of inherent risk that you might not want to participate in. That's yeah. all. Now, of course, does that mean it's not a rape? No. Does that mean the guy... Probably raped her. Sure. Does that mean he deserves charges and prosecution? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm just saying, God willing, if I have a daughter, teach her not to go to Motel 6 with an Afghan refugee. That's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. Is that unreasonable? Would I, yes. I you should be able to go to all the motels with all the Afghan re- uh, refugees. Yeah. And get as drunk as you want. Yeah. Uh, we'll circle back. All right. Uh Thank you guys for uh, the chats. We'll come back to them. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. The juice. The juice is up next. Is this the real juice or a different Uh, juice? uh, (laughs) Maybe a different one. I I don't know. I don't know the real one. No, I'm definitely not. I thought that was a nickname for OJ. Maybe I'm wrong. that's what I'm thinking. You had one of those pogs. I remember I had those pogs. Uh, I had the slammer pog that had OJ the juice. So, yeah. <laughs> the slammer OJ pogs. Pog. Do you remember pogs? I used oh, to of love course. pogs. Did you have those metal yeah. slammers? Those were the of best. Of course, ones. the plastic ones were for bitches and poor kids. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, funny, funny, funny conversation. The uh, the OJ one was a plastic one, so uh, I guess. So yeah. you're both a bitch and a poor kid. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's how it was. <laughs> Anyway, I'm uh, okay. sure you what are you calling to... in for? Yeah, yeah. Crypto juice. Oh, yeah. yeah, so uh I'm I'm really trying to just uh chat about the um this nonsense that's going on with the mandates. Uh, I'm a federal mm. employee. Uh, I work for a, a three-letter agency and um it's it's oh, crazy. I, you're fucked, man. What kind of stuff is being done and um just the outrage amongst the community that is is opposed to it. Um but the large problem is that all of this culture stuff, all of the sort of wool culture is all infiltrated up and down the chain um, that control all of like the messaging. And so they just shut down any sort of discussion that, that dissents. So um, uh, maybe I'm a sort of maybe here to talk about the fact that there's community out there that uh, disagrees with what's going on, despite the fact that a large majority of people um, say pretty nasty stuff uh, just today. Um, uh, uh, people were just bashing unvaccinated people, telling them to get out the door. Uh, the thing is, they think that uh, I'm of a certain status when I'm not. Uh, and so, I, I, yeah. So it's quite very interesting having to sit there and listen. And I just take it because I I don't. I'm gonna have to reveal my card in a couple of weeks. So then November 22nd is the deadline. Yeah. And, and um, uh, that's sort of when. Uh, all of the curtain will be revealed and people need to uh, take account for, you know, um, whether you're asking for an exemption and whether the the um, organization is going to provide that to you and um, uh, sort of just a rumbling up to that point. So um, trying to trying to get use my leave, um, trying to work out with my supervisor how to get some leave, my use my leave and hopefully uh, uh, use that out before they can call me back and, and decide whether or not my fate is to stay or remain or, or leave. So is your supervisor friendly to your cause or skeptical? Oh, yeah. So this guy, he's, he's a libertarian. Oh, he, at least he, he comes out that way. Um, he told me that, uh, and for a while he didn't believe any of this stuff was coming down. So me and my friends were, uh, were sort of chatting with him and saying, you know, Hey, like, it sounds like there might be a mandate. And he's like, oh, there's no way it's going to be a mandate. 
uh, it's just not right. Uh, it's already crazy with things are going. Um, uh, and then I recently had a chat with him on a one-on-one about uh, when I had to basically show my status. Um, uh, they they forced us to do that, uh, regardless of whether or not it's you know, HIPAA compliant. And then they, um, you know, he was like, "Oh well," he's like, "I really don't. I can't talk to you about this." Um, uh, and I was basically probing him to see if I had a, you know, had like a friend in my corner. Um, you know, he, he's Catholic, um, and, uh, you know, and I'm, I identify as Christian and he knows that. And I was just saying, you know, it's wrong. And he would, he would sort of say, you know, uh, I, I totally hear what you're saying, but, uh, when the time comes, um, I got to go with whatever top down is telling me. And that's the sort of people that I guess they, they want to have, uh, up and down the chain. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's um, like, it, yeah. it, we dealt with the same kind of stuff with my wife's work. It wasn't a vaccine mandate, but it was the mask stuff. And everyone was just pointing fingers at somebody else. Like it's really frustrating. Yeah. yeah and so like, I guess, I guess what, it, there's sort of this collective mindset with regards to like being in, let's say a state where there's a lot of federal employees and, yeah. um, uh, so like my, my kid also goes to Catholic school and, uh, they have this, they, they had a, they, they set out at the beginning of, the year, they had a mask mandate. They say, okay, uh, kids are going to wear masks, but, uh, we're going to set out a policy to say, if we get below a certain rate and the rate is like seven per hundred thousand, uh, infections, uh, per hundred thousand in the county and, or what? Like what, yeah, in, where? In, in the county. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In the county. So as long as it, if it's seven and below, uh, then the kids don't have to wear masks. Well, guess what? As the about last week or two weeks ago, and actually last week, um, it went down such that it went below seven. And then mm-hmm. this was midweek, and we get a, an email from the archdiocese saying, "Hey, we see it went down, but uh, because <laughs> because it's it. a uh, you know uh, we don't want it to fluctuate up and down and have to." take masks off or leave masks on we're gonna make it so you have to have it for seven days below seven oh uh yeah okay And so guess what like at the end of the week um uh well is uh at the end of the week it popped up but at the same time uh emailed the archdiocese i told him hey uh i was talking with the epidemiologist of the state, uh, state health department and they're using a population data for the county from 2019 uh the way they the reason they do this is because uh, they want to keep all the numbers the same so that if they were to change the number at some point, you'd see like a drastic drop or, or, or spike, right? So they've been using the same number since 2019 and our county is one of the fastest growing counties in the state. Yeah. Uh, and so we are popular, like it's a 4% difference and this would have caused them to have to, to do it. So like there's just deaf ears all over the place. People don't want to hear what you're saying. They they don't want to listen. Yeah, they yeah. they use the policy the way that they see fit, and then they just make excuses to say, "Oh well," and this is what I was told from the office of DEI. You know, it's in the spirit of in the spirit of. So, um, it's really just DEI being depressing. diversity, equity, and inclusion. Yeah, uh, they they uh, have a say in vaccine stuff. So they should. No, actually, this is something another thing that I was um, um, forging at the same time. Um, uh, they have these things called ERGs, employee resource uh, resource groups, uh-huh. and sort of uh, this is actually from the federal government down. They have these things called special emphasis programs, and um, they basically uh, identify that there's certain, um, let's say, under underrepresented groups that 
that are afforded the like uh, afforded the ability to get some sort of structural or like um, institutional um, grouping or money. So they get money to create these groups, and they have money to for training and to bring in speakers. Um, and then you can apply for new groups, uh, but uh, under the policy, it's it's what they call you know underrepresented. So I applied for you know for one of these groups that might have been let's say uh, I don't know if you're familiar with intersectionality, but let's say the intersection between two groups are like let's say white men, right? Yeah, but uh, that was denied. That's like lowest on the totem pole. Right, right. So yeah. I was denied, and I said, well, why am I denied? Um, you know, like you can't deny me this. Um, uh, and anyway, I got into this long discussion about um, how one of the races, you know, I was going through how they determine what's a min- like a minority group and what's underrepresented. Um, and basically, I have the, you know, the director of the DEI saying, well, we know that this group uh, is actually meets the meets their, they called it um, their benchmark for representation. Yeah, they, they they admit this to me. And then they say, Oh, we see that it's actually meets the benchmark, and actually, in fact, the population is above the benchmark, but um, they're not represented at all levels in all organizations, and therefore, wow. um, we are going to do in the spirit of they they she used in the spirit of yeah. to uh, to to deny your request. So, uh, wow. I have another one. Yeah, I have another one going well, that um, that going. So uh, it's it's just a war. It just feels like a war, and everywhere I turn, it's just more and more. <laughs> well, th- th- more more good for you for fighting the good fight and, and standing by your convictions. Um, I, I hope, I hope and trust you have a backup plan at this point though. Cause it sounds like you might be facing a difficult fight here. Yep. Sold a bunch of stock. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it's all sitting on the sideline. I mean, it sucks cause I know I'm getting killed with the, you know, inflation, but, um, we're just going to hold it out and hopefully either by the, you know, by, so there's already class action lawsuits against what's going on. And hmm. if they, if they fire me for denying uh, an exemption that uh, I feel is duly allowed, like is, is allowed uh, there's certainly a lot, like there's certainly legal uh, pathways to do that. Well, um, well Godspeed, man. I, uh, yep. I wish you the best in all that. And thanks for uh, cluing us in. Yeah. yeah. Well, I appreciate the time. I'm sorry for just jabbering the whole time. <laughs> oh no, it's okay. It was Have really fast. I appreciate you Let me get appreciate off my desk, off my chest. Sure. Thanks. Okay. Yeah, that sucks. Well, you know, you think that the obvious answer is, well, just leave the federal government. And, you know, that, that'd be great if you could do that. But this is the insidious part about a, a federal government yeah. that's grown so large that it has its tentacles and everything. I mean, where do you go? You go to, do you want to work for a company that um, that has hundred people or more apparently they're set to release that mandate anytime soon but even even if that doesn't stand up in court it's almost certain that the federal contractor one will stand up in court because you think that well yeah because that's that's federal government as contractor or in other contexts as employer generally where the the government is acting as contractor or employer there they have more leeway to do things that government otherwise wouldn't be able to do which makes sense. I mean, your relationship with your boss is a little bit different than your relationship with the government. You can just leave your boss. But what happens when the government is so large that it's the boss of a lot of things? It was never intended to be as large as, as it is, and it was never intended to have the say in as many things as it does. Right. So, you know, that's another one of those. Uh, well, we just often talk about when, when power gets that big and that widespread. 
it is not often voluntarily given. Of back. course, right. So it's gonna be it's gonna be tough sledding. But uh, anyway, Adam Redeemed is up next. Adam, you there? Hey, hey. Hi. What's on your mind? Oh, I just wanted to congratulate you, Matt. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, on figuring out what the fear of God is the beginning ah. of wisdom means. I have a, I had a feeling that you were like setting up for a punchline or something there, but that's not a punchline. That's sincere too. Nope. No punchline. Uh, yeah. I can throw puns around later. Sure. Sure. Okay. Did you want to talk about that topic or was there something else you wanted to get out? Uh, I was wondering if you had any more thoughts on it. No, I mean, it, it does make sense to me and I'm glad that the caller explained it and I'm glad that we had a, a subsequent caller explain it. And if people aren't familiar with what he's talking about or I'm talking about, we had a caller, I don't know, a month, six weeks ago, say something paraphrased as the fear of God is the basis for wisdom. That to me, it, it's not that I reject that, but I'm not a person who Anytime I hear of, of fear as sort of a positive, I'm a little bit skeptical. Being afraid of things, I don't generally find to be an asset. Hmm. But fear in this case kind of means, at least in the way I interpret it, respect for some sort of moral superiority or some sort of moral structure out there. And, and without respect to that moral structure, it's hard to be a wise person who can successfully navigate this world. And I appreciated his explanation of that. Do you think, do you feel like I'm characterizing it fairly or would you explain it to me a different way? I think you characterized it fairly. I think you just used way too many syllables. Okay. Simplify <laughs> yeah. it for me. I, I would just say fear is fear. You don't have to go any farther than that. And there's well, a reason it's the, the word of choice. Yeah. Okay. Because that, that was the original hangup for me. So explain why that is the correct word and I'm not misinterpreting its meaning. Uh, the, well, the reason being, uh, who should you fear more in all the world? Uh, men, death, or God himself? Well, I certainly know fear of death produce, produces wildly irrational, destructive, counterproductive results. Not um, always. I, well, th I think that the last year and a half has been largely the product of an irrational fear of death. Yeah, no, that's true. It, but a, that's a fear a of death, of a... a healthy fear of death makes people accomplish things in their lives. An absence of a fear of death is that's no way to live either. Yeah, it deserves respect and understanding. But I'm talking like living every day in fear of your death. You, you will not live out your life to its full potential if you do. Hmm. Fear of well, men. Those are, those are all different topics, though. The, yeah, the fear of COVID, the fear of death and the fear of God are three different things if i had to pick what i think is the most productive fear if i would phrase it that way it, it would be fear of god i don't think living in fear of those other things is is going to be uh, as helpful as as the fear of of some higher power yeah okay well i'm glad that movie helped enlighten you though um which one are you talking about uh hacksaw ridge or a different one Oh, I can't remember the name of it. But, uh, what was uh, the what was the theme of the movie? Uh, it was something about someone's life being in review. Someone's life in review. Yeah. Which one uh, am I missing? Never mind. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, I, I did actually want to ask you um, or uh, talk a bit about um, Trump's appointments for the Supreme Court judge uh, judge positions a while mm -hmm. back. 
how did you uh, feel about the the different people that he appointed? Wasn't it three people? So he's had Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Barrett. Mm-hmm. And I know there's been, I think, I haven't followed the the most recent cases. I know Kavanaugh and Barrett are getting some heat because they sided with the 6-3 majority against a lawsuit that was brought um, against vaccine mandates in Maine. But I haven't looked that closely at that case. So people are people are upset about mm-hmm. that. And then I know Gorsuch um, was part of the majority and he might have written the decision, actually, the the decision that that lumped in transgenderism into the Civil Rights Act, which seemed like an un, an unusual stretch, uh, an interpretation of the law by a guy who's supposed to be an originalist and a textualist. Yeah. So I would have to agree with you. Um, we uh, the, the listen. The big tests are coming up. They're hearing the they're hearing the Second Amendment case out of New York right now. And of course, what happens with and they're also hearing uh, the Texas abortion case. And they're about to hear the Mississippi abortion case. And I think the biggest test for these justices is: Do they have the balls to make the right call on Roe v. Wade? Not for in my mind, not for any sort of abortion stance, but because it is made up. Constant unconstitutional bullshit. There is there is Roe v. Wade is one of the worst decisions the court has ever handed down, not as a matter of Mm. policy, but as a matter of of the correct reading of the Constitution, just as a matter of law. Do they have the balls to to reverse that? I don't think they will, but it's going to be a big test. I think the biggest test has already passed, which is why I had a chance well, they had a chance with the right after uh, the 2020 election to oh, hear the case yeah, of Trump sure. yeah, and yeah. they turned it down. You're talking about the man who put them into their places. He put them up there and they turned their backs on him. And it's not even about being partial. Like yeah. If they had simply followed the law as it's written, they could have heard the cases and gotten into the bottom of this, but they did not. I would have liked, I certainly would have liked for the cases at least to be heard and for the the American people to get a legal opinion from the court on it, regardless of the outcome, whether it changed anything or not. It was pretty disappointing just to have them reject the question, to your point. Yeah. Well, it showed me that it was one of the major failings of the Trump administration, of Trump himself, that showed me it was all bark and no bite. He had the chance to appoint three uh constitutionalists hardcore constitutionalists mm-hmm. and he picked limp-wristed winos yeah. or sorry rhinos that then immediately stabbed trump right in the back i don't know barrett might the... be a wino i don't know <laughs> but they stabbed him right in the back when they had the biggest chance to make the biggest difference and they dropped the ball yeah yeah we we shall see um yeah, I'm not I, I, I personally am not ready to write them off yet, but I think this next year is going to be pretty telling. Um, you know, I, I certainly think they're better than what the alternative could have been. But at the same time, it's really frustrating to live in a political world of, well, it's not as bad as yeah, I, I want right. something that's that's good no. for its own sake rather than not as bad as I have to agree. I would rather live in a world where we can just have better, not the the choice between two evils, yeah. the lesser of which. Yeah. Well, thank you for the thoughts, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's incumbent upon our leaders who are in positions of power to choose their judges wisely. Uh, 
to appoint people who they think will be good for the jobs, you know. And in this case, the head of the Republican Party failed, the president of the entire country. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So it's uh, it's Trump's you blame Trump more than the judges himself or or would that be an overstatement? Well, I blame the, the judges for their own failings morally, but I blame Trump for choosing uh, poorly. Hmm. You know, he chose people who immediately stabbed him in the back. He could have literally chosen anyone. Hell, he could have chosen a horse if he wanted to. I'd be, <laughs> I'd be happier with that. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's really unfortunate. And you saw what happened. He got immediately unseated. Yeah. Well, I appreciate the thoughts and thank you for the call, man. Yeah. Have a great uh, night. Thank you for your time. Sure. And God bless you both. Thank you. You Tim. Have a great night. You as well. Uh, speaking of the lesser evil... We were at the grocery store earlier today and there's some sort of a uh, food manufacturer. I don't know what they make snacks or something. The company name is lesser evil. I thought that was one of the worst branding choices I've ever seen. Let's see. You got What's the uh, greater evil. Well, I don't know. It's like just like food manufacturing in general. I don't know. You have like lays, you have great value potato chips. And then right there, there's like lesser evil chips. So they're like only kind of bad for you. <laughs> don't know i think they're supposed to be like one of the like a organic or healthy type snack company i gotta i don't know i just i saw the stuff and i thought it was really bizarre lesser evil foods anyway i'm sure people are yeah they're healthy snacks hmm. Lesserevil.com. free advertising for them just a weird branding decision anyway bizarre ancap hartman up next mr ancap or miss i shouldn't assume what's on your mind oh hi there I just came with a pocket full of white pills. They're uh, dissolving in my pocket. So okay. If I, seem, if I seem a little nervous, it's probably what it is. It's also that, my first time. Th- so. Thanks for calling in. And thanks I, for calling. We are having a moderately encouraging evening. So uh, by all means, jump right in. All right. Well, uh, one of the first things I wanted to start off with, because just based on the people I talk in the chat, and I don't mean to like badmouth anybody, but it does seem like <laughs> there's kind of a cynicism issue on yeah, yeah. the right wing. I think yeah. there's a lot of cynicism that kind of masquerades as wisdom but as far as the right wing goes i think history is actually on our side particularly at this moment like um historically speaking these global homogenization projects have failed like i think turning the whole world into a shopping market or a shopping mall uh, i don't think it's going to pan out the way that people in charge think it will and you know i think that's kind of a white bill and i also think that Sorry, I'm kind of rambling. If you have any, no, no, I, no, no, it's good. I just let you go if you're making points. Keep going. (laughs) All right. Um, and I also think that a lot of the people in power right now are like 60 plus years old, like wildly out of touch, and are making missteps on a regular basis. Yeah. And the vaccine mandate in particular is literally providing dates and locations for people to die on hills, which is far more convenient than I ever thought, you know, having the right hill to die on would ever be. Uh, yeah, I suppose that's true. And and even if you don't think that this particular hill is one to die on, uh, they're bringing additional hills because the booster mandates are coming. They're yeah. so excited to have the Pfizer vaccine approved for kids today or yesterday. Right, right. I mean, there will yeah. come a time when people that are fully vaccinated right now are like, I'm not doing this anymore. Well, Lenski like, already said it. The, the definition of fully vaccinated could change. It's going to change. So, yeah. 
It's, it's I, I was watching the news this morning. They were so the, this doctor on NBC was so excited about the, the, the vaccine for kids and they finally brought in the polling. Well, uh, only a third of parents say they're going to rush out and get this. So uh, how would you explain your enthusiasm versus most parents hesitancy? It's because he lives on right. a planet is why. But but yeah, that's I think you're right that e- even if um, even if this isn't the hill for some people, or the, let's say the prior or the vaccine mandates that are rolling out right now, if that's not your hill. Get ready, because once yeah. you've enabled one hill, they put another hill in front of you very soon. Yeah, exactly. It's just this one seems to be articulated very explicitly. This is one that they're literally giving you dates, like times and locations for if this is something that you're willing to fight for. Well, this is when the policy is going into place and this is yeah. where it's going into place. It's not nearly as um, – I don't know what the word would be uh, – well, I get what you're saying. It's not like you're not protesting like a company uh, investing its money in some shady operation where there's not you got to you got to in that case, you got to find the time and place and how to maximize your resistance to that. In this case, it's all set for you because it's a it's a firm deadline. This change in policy happens at this time. Right, right. OK, and uh... so, OK, so do you have any other white pills? Yeah, I'd say so. Like. I also think that the energy that a lot of the right wing has, or at least parts of the right wing, uh, is pretty promising. Um, You know, I think the right wing should emulate energy similar to like Donald Trump dancing to Hotline Bling, something like that. (laughs) Dancing to what? Hotline Bling. Have you seen that video? He's on SNL. He has those, uh, the changing LED lights in the back. Is it that classic video of him dancing like an idiot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what all of us should aim to be, is that guy doing that. Like uh, some sort of social couth, a little self-aware funniness. I, I think the right wing has, you know, the meme culture at its back right now. The let's go Brandon thing kind of blew up, I think, yeah. way more than anything that. Uh, Dude, it's still going. And the freak out this week. I love the fact checks coming out. Just so you guys are aware. Yeah, they are. These people are not actually fans of Brandon. It's code for <laughs> vulgarity. <laughs> oh, it's just like you, the same people saying fuck Trump for years and years and years. Yeah, uh, I was b- actually in like a, a liberal college town recently and I was on a bus to one of the bars. Yeah. And the whole bus was chanting, let's go, Brandon. I'm not sure if everybody knew what it meant, but it's it's kind of uh, it's gotten to that meme status. Where it's, yeah. It's getting past. I didn't traditionally uh, be recognized. I showed the pumpkin on Saturday's stream, which I was very proud of. But I thought <laughs> that I would get I I thought I would get some reactions from trick or treaters or parents. Nothing. Right. I didn't get. Um, any, I saw nothing. We, no one said anything. We saw some moms kind of like reading it, but nobody in nobody said they liked it and nobody said anything negative about it. There were, and we probably had, wow. Are we too deep like, into the internet that we don't understand the common man anymore? I feel dude, like that would have read really well in my neighborhood. People have got to, got to know. right? I think maybe they just didn't want to get into a political conversation. And, and to be fair, a lot of the parents just sent the, their kids to the door while they kind of stood back. So, but I would say we had like 30 trick or treaters. Nobody said anything about Brandon. I was right. a little bummed by that. Yeah, that is surprising. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thank you for the uh, bits of encouragement. Any final thoughts before we let you go? Um, not really any closing thoughts. You know, I have something that probably open up a larger can of worms, but I understand you probably yeah. have to get some other people in here. Yeah, we got to take a break and get to some other callers, but I appreciate the thoughts, man. Yeah, of course. Have a great night. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. 
Okay, we are due for a break. Uh, thank you again to Silosfer over on DLive and Winning Smile. Appreciate it. Let's see. Tippy Stream. What do we got going on over there? Uh, let's see. We have a couple. Or no, uh, we're good, actually. Um, we're good let's on Tippy see. Stream, so just YouTube. Who was the last one? Oh, yeah. Refugee. Um, Matthew Castellanata says, bought my first weapon, Winchester SXP Defender 12 gauge. Got a little nervous while waiting for the background check. I told the guy at the counter, I hoped they're not going through <laughs> my memes. You know they were. Probably not, actually. They seem highly incompetent, and it wouldn't matter. Oh, thank you for that. Congratulations. That is a big congratulations. John Arnett says, you're doing God's work, kids. I don't know if we're doing God's work, but we are kind of doing work on Wednesdays. Our work sort of. might be closer to God than some, but these days that's not saying much because there's a lot of work that's, uh, you know, just throwing the finger to God on a daily basis. But we appreciate the encouragement. Thank you. Esoteric Unbound. Blonde is looking beautiful as usual, and she's pushing those black pills as usual. She's like a philosophical version of a cigarette girl marketing sex <laughs> and lingering death together in one elegant package. Okay, I'm not that um, black pill. Eh. Listen, I, I don't have a lot of hope for the future of this country. That's all I'm saying. Although I think you still have room to go. I would say you're charcoal pilled at this point. You know, I do have room still... to grow. I, I mean, I'm not talking about like mass no, I mean suicide depths. events or anything. Yeah, I mean, like oh, yeah. depths of yeah. negativity that remain untouched. I'm still like having kids and stuff. That's true. And that, that's what I will. Yeah, I will always say that. Seriously. The fact that we're doing the show and building families, you can't genuinely believe in no future if you're doing that. But I wouldn't say that you ever believed in no future. You just think that the current structure is not going to be salvageable. That's true. Yeah. And I am battling like crippling depression too. So hmm. I, I doubt that the average black pilled person is really dealing with this level of depression. Yeah. I don't know if winter has hit you guys yet, but it's already getting dark at like five o'clock. See, here. I love winter. I don't have any problem. Oh, God. My wife does not like the diminishing oh, minutes so of the bad. day either. Oh, I, I just, I, there's, there are things I love about every season. Um, and I love the, I realized that when I lived in California and it's just kind of, at least in the Bay yeah. area, it's like the same 60 degree kind of off and on Every rainy day. weather always. Mm -hmm. No, I, I gotta have the changing of the leaves. I gotta have the long summer days. I gotta have cold, short, long shadow, snowy winter days. And I gotta have everything turning green again in the spring. It's, it's like, yeah, that's true. I just love that. I need that wherever it I live. It punctuates your life, you know, gotta have it. Yeah. So I, I will never go back LA, to that. I'm like that depressing vast expanse of one long endless rainless summer for five years or whatever. It, it doesn't help that the landscape is 100% paved over. Yeah. Either. It's like it's hard to have seasonal change in the landscape if the landscape is made of concrete. God, I hate that place. Um, Ian Barrett says alcoholics aren't worth your time, huh? This is not a gotcha. I'm just broke and empathetic. <laughs> Uh, well, no, let me be fair to the alcoholics. I have a couple friends who certainly are um, active alcoholics. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they exist. They're out there. I, I would say to, to be serious, uh, if you have a, a problem like that, um, alcohol, uh, drug addiction, whatever, the less likely that you're building a, a productive quality life for yourself and the less likely that you're providing something worthwhile to the lives of others. It's not that yeah. people, 
and certainly people can recover too. And, and I hope they do. Um, but I, the point I was making at the time is like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta recognize when someone is dead weight in your life. Yeah. And that doesn't mean and that alcoholics I won't help. always are. I was so worthless when I was drinking. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't mean that I will refuse to help people if they genuinely need my help. I'm just saying if it's that sort of dead weight relationship, I'm probably not going to put a lot of active time yeah, into maintaining you? it. Blondes, water glass. Y'all are just jealous of me because I'm touching blondes lips. I do Man. have a lot of novelty water glasses. Um, thank you for that. Uh, in common in hands. I heard today uh, there was a FOIA request into the CDC's decision on changing definitions of vaccination and emails revealed that it was simply optics, not hopeful until memory hole stops being a spectator sport. Really? I I know that they had done that, but I haven't heard anything about this FOIA request. So we'll have to see. Mm, maybe we'll talk about it on Sunday. Inari, the Kitsune powers out of my apartment. So I'm being co- comped a hotel room. Sweet. Two electrical fires in five days. Not sweet. After the second oh. fire on Sunday, 6 a.m. We've had no power, but we will still we will have it back midday tomorrow. Also, super chat character limit is whack. I don't <laughs> know if that sucks or if that's like an awesome little vacation. Well, uh, all the best in your living arrangements, and thanks for supporting the show. Appreciate it. I am not going to be niggardly. Florida man, fear of God is humility, that you know that there is someone greater than yourself. That's a good way to put it, too. Um, I, 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 yeah, we kind of got into that a little bit. It, it, the connection between godlessness and narcissism or self-centeredness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not saying that you can't, that they have to go hand in hand, but... I do think that there's a connection, broadly speaking, that once we've removed God or uh, some sort of greater moral framework from our life, that nothing really matters. And so just us and our own appetites become more important than anything else. That's a recipe for an unfulfilled life and just general degeneracy and purposes. And what is everybody going to do when they lose their sex drive too in old age or in middle uh, age? Yeah. What will become of you? Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, uh, well, there's no, if I could go back and talk to my younger self about what I have now, it's like you you think that, oh, you want to live it up when you're, when you're young and you don't want to get tied down. And yeah, I mean, I don't know, maybe you don't want to hop right into it when you're 18 or something. I think especially men kind of want to build themselves, build, build some, something to show to a future wife, I suppose. But there is nothing about me that misses um, I don't know, being a single guy who's just trying to play video games and I don't know, like Ugh, pick up chicks at so the miserable. bar or something like that. Right. I, there's nothing about that that I miss in any way. Oh, yeah, so. me too. Um, we should circle back on these. Let's do the last segment of calls. All right. Thank you guys for the chats. We will come back to you. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. Hovan is up next. Hovan, you there? Hovan? Uh, I do pronounce it Jovan, but oh, hello. Sorry. Well, I I apologize for that. What's on your mind? Uh, well, first off, uh, hello, first time caller. Well, thanks for calling. Uh, well, first first time successful caller, I should ah. say. Well, Discord is a mysterious operation. You know, it's difficult to navigate sometimes. Yeah, I I am on mobile, and for whatever reason, it decided to work today. Fancy wow. that. Praise be upon the uh, Discord gods tonight. Indeed. I guess someone said their prayers to RN Jesus, and somehow it wasn't me. <laughs> what's what's on your mind? Uh, well, uh, there have been a couple things of late, but the big thing 
uh, from uh, from several shows back. And honestly, it's it's a problem a lot of commentators have had. People need to stop friggin' simping for Kirsten Cinema, dear lord. <laughs> Who is doing that? I don't know, but there are a bunch like uh, Tim Pool talking about her being a moderate. Uh, Shapiro. Oh, I thought you meant Man. talking about actually wanting to bang her, but you meant simping in like the less yeah, yeah. direct yeah, like, way. Like, like, like people need to quit calling her a moderate. Like, oh, she's not a moderate. I didn't know people were saying that. No, Re- yeah, uh, relative to the commies, she's a I moderate. Suppose. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the thing about that is, uh, well, I've got a couple things here for little bits from her voting record. Some of the things she's said uh for one thing she's described herself as quote the most progressive politician in arizona Uh, do you have dates on these i'd just be curious uh dates off the top of my head no okay i i wrote some of it down i I didn't think to write specific dates yeah, I, I, it's not the. It doesn't invalidate it. Obviously, I'd just be curious because I wonder if she might have changed her mind over time. I know it was in a. I know it was in a radio interview hmm. uh, in the early two thousands. Okay. Uh, around the time SB ten seventy in Arizona was being passed, the the uh, immigration bill, where they would uh, check your papers. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, one uh, one of the things she did. I don't know. You can call someone a moderate for insisting uh, someone should be arrested merely for going to the southern border and reporting on what was happening. Uh, what was the context there? Uh, it was again around the time SB ten seventy was coming out. Yeah, Sean who, Hannity just, uh, oh, decided was, to go down there. She wanted him arrested. Yeah, she flat out called for him to be arrested. Hmm. You know, like for transgressing the southern border even though how bizarre to, yeah he talked to the border patrol there and he was he made a point of being within the exclusion zone mm-hmm. uh plus you know in terms of other things that disqualify moderate credentials considering how bullshit both of the trump impeachments were i don't think you can call someone a moderate who voted for the impeachment both times yeah yeah that's true uh wait, wait was she in the first one she did vote for both she was elected yeah. what 2018 and the first one was that 2019 i can't remember but i'll take your word for it yeah she was in there uh, she pushed for uh house bill uh 2286 which in addition to on a national basis, as I believe, either a national or a state basis, uh, making it illegal to defend your property with a firearm uh, would also have applied automatic jail sentences to anyone who joined the Minutemen. <laughs> okay. And uh, the very first thing, I'm sure some of you guys are familiar with the uh, House of Horrors that was kermit gosnell's abortion clinic yeah i am yeah yeah uh the bill they put forward to make it so you couldn't do that anymore that was the very first thing she voted on and she voted against it so do do what uh specifically 
Because uh, I know, I know I he had his whole basement operation that was, uh, you know, not uh, the, the abortions oh. themselves were illegal, but he had a whole bunch of practices that were also uh, underground, uh, literally and uh, figuratively. In, the law in particular had to do like the piece of legislation, I should say. Uh, it had to do with uh, in circumstances where you're trying to perform the abortion and mm-hmm. like it's a late term and the baby is born alive. Oh, the old Ralph Northam. That's what you're talking about. The <sighs> Ralph Northam. Uh, yeah. Gosnell did the Gosnell did this too. Like they'd literally just stick it on a counter and no, let it oh. replicate on its own. Oh, he even I, I I had read he did much worse that babies born alive he would snip their spinal cords. If I if I'm not mistaken. That or I think at one point they did like a Law and Order episode where they had a abortion doctor doing that, and he just j- jammed a pair of forceps in its skull. Yeah, yeah. Um, like God. He, I, I, I know. I know some of so, his so-called abortions were live births. That much I do know. Yeah. So and, the piece of legislation was to was going to make that illegal. Hmm. You know, uh, where if where uh, I don't know why I'm stumbling over my words. Bear with me. Uh, essentially, if the if uh, the baby, if it was a failed abortion and the baby was born alive, the the bill would legally require them to provide aid. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, to resuscitate, and that was the very first thing Cinema voted on, and she voted to block that legislation. Hmm. Well, thank you. I for do the, not uh... think. I don't think. That is not something a moderate does. Um, well, yeah, I mean, it's like everything has to be everything has to be yeah. considered against what moderate is a, a relative term, you know, but uh, no, I mean, I, I'm not she's not a politician yeah. I would vote for in any circumstance. But uh, oh, Lord, no, if, if I lived in Arizona, ad- admittedly, I don't. Yeah, I don't actually live in Arizona. It's to say nothing of the fact that her election was under uh Fortified circumstances, Susan. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for the uh, cinema but, crash course. We got to keep it yeah, going, but uh, appreciate the call. Yeah, and uh, of course, I did not mean to potentially ruin Blonde's night. Oh no! <laughs> thank Sensitive you. Yeah, about but, baby stuff these days. Yeah. Have a great night. Totally, un- totally understandable. Y'all have a good night. That is a good opportunity to let people know that I hadn't seen the Gosnell movie until two or three years ago can't do um, it <sighs> even if you don't want to watch the movie it is a story that people should understand because this happened what 2008 the real kermit gosnell raid and arrest yeah people aren't familiar he was raided under drug illegal drug prescription pretenses yep and they yeah. lo and behold they discovered a whole uh, illegal abortion facility down there in which he was doing late term live birth all sorts of messed up abortion practices while keeping certain specimens in jars and just all sorts of it's just a total horror show. So if you're sensitive to that, maybe it's not the movie for you, but it's a story that everyone should under, understand. I mean, the guy is up there with if he might be the <laughs> greatest mass murderer in the history of the country. Yeah. If he's not, he's right there. Yep. And I don't even that doesn't even depend necessarily on your definition of murder as it applies to abortion. It, we're talking about babies who are out of the body and alive. Even. Yeah. Yeah. So just so, if you haven't uh, checked it out, highly recommended. Uh, I've got a couple more time, a little bit of time for a couple more callers here. Let's get to Swiftner. Swiftner, you there? Swiftner. Hello. What's on Hello. your mind? 
Hey, God, hey. These calls are coming in so loud for me. Okay. Huh. Sorry. Maybe uh, uh, this seems alright to me, shout? but no, it's shout. cool. I can do it louder, blonde. Louder. Oh no, louder. no, don't do that. No, you're good on my end, so go for it. So, so check it out. I got to open up and just ruin everyone's flow with like a major black hill. All oh, right. No. Not, there hasn't so, been a lot tonight. Go for it. So, did you hear that Stephen Crowder put in an application to the Federal Reserve? If they accept him, you know what this proves, right? An application for what? Just just to work at the Federal Reserve. Oh, don't ask to work why, there? If they, if they accept him, you know what this proves. Uh, no, I don't. I don't know where you're going with this. It's a total Ponzi scheme. Uh, the Fed in general, but why? Why would yeah, his application if they prove hire that? Stephen Crowder? It's a Ponzi scheme. Why would that be the distinct the distinction? Well, comedian puns. Uh-huh. They're obviously a Ponzi scheme. So <laughs> you know, if they hire him, it's a slam dunk. Total black belt, right? I, I'm actually not sure. I, I'm not sure if. I'm not sure I totally follow. I can't tell if it's a gag or if this is sincere. Yeah, I'm, totally, I'm totally screwing with blonde on the black belt thing. Oh, okay. 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 All right. Is this some Jewish thing? I don't know what's going on. I, should I understand <laughs> what you're saying? Why do you have to hate my people, blonde? Why? Oh. All right. <laughs> no. Honorary rim shot. I, I didn't. <laughs> it was a little over my head, but we'll go with it. Uh, no, I just. Okay. Okay. So maybe that was a that was a clown pill in disguise. I all right. All right. You, do you have anything else, or was that the whole was that the point of your call? No. 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 Um. So sort of real black pill, but I'll end it with a white pill. You know. So hashtag serious talk now. Okay. So part of what drove me out of my state is that uh, my state level organization. Just because of the size and the scope of the work, if we would average a suicide like every couple of years. Since Damn, the lockdowns, out of how many people? Thousands. Since the mm-hmm. lockdowns started, there's been six that I've been aware of in the past two years. Yikes. Three You're saying six been... coworkers? You're talking about a group of people you work with? Or what's the group here? Correct. Okay. Well, six people inside of the group. Okay. Three of well, two of them were specifically colleagues of mine. The other two were people that I knew of or had met in passing. Uh, one of them, the first one to go, was a father, followed almost a year to the day later by his son. Ugh. How old was his son? During lockdown, uh, like you know, mid twenties, maybe Ugh. early thirties. Okay, man, that's terrible. And the last one was um, actually a direct report and a colleague that was new to my particular team. And she left behind a three-year-old daughter who her father walked in um, carrying and they found her. And that's wow. just kind of been where our state has been in lockdown. This <sighs> time. In terms of just like, that's where I'm coming from. Yeah. So white pill movement is this is the first time that I have been able to spend more than two or three days in free country. Back in January or February, I began making moves to get to free country. And it has been a long road and a lot of time back and forth. And usually I would be able to peel out a day or two up here, like on site to try to 
do some recon, connect, get something established, and then have to, you know, turn and burn back in order to be, you know, back at work. This this was regarding the prior call that we had, right? Where you had the terms about, uh, right, free country, and what was the other term? Correct. Correct. What what, what, what was the term that you had for not free country? Oppressed territory. Oh, right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So... (laughs) I've been I've been caught between the two. And so yeah. just kind of white pill observations with all this going back between the two, free country is really normal. Really yeah. normal. Yeah, yeah. Even the folks that are walking around out here with masks, they're not going to go all Karen on you because it's like, okay, fine, that's your choice. Yeah. Yeah. Um they do them and everybody else does themselves too and no one cares another interesting observation um so i met a local out here who sort of like i was doing laundry um at a local business and he sort of picked up on my situation and started talking and so i just spent the entire day with him he just invited me for a day to show me show me the local human terrain his hangouts the highs and lows and we got to talking about uh law enforcement and he said that out here in the big like city nearby in our area, Rapid City, he's like, oh, yeah, BLM came out here and tried to organize um, protests. I was like, well, shit, how did the locals take that? He's like, I didn't hear about this on national news. How'd that go down? He said, well, the police had an appropriate posture and they made it abundantly clear to the protesters who all stayed at the same downtown hotel that activists used to lobby politicians, apparently. Mm-hmm. He said the local law enforcement made it abundantly clear, we're here, we have overwhelming backup. If things get out of hand, you're done. Yep. And all the local business owners downtown and their friends and you know family and supporters stood outside their businesses fully armed. Hmm. Yeah, didn't they do that in Coeur d'Alene too? Or- yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was streamed on a couple of YouTubers in Coeur d'Alene. I didn't see this thing with Rapid City, but he said there were agitators trying to start trouble, trying yeah. trying to pick fights, trying to damage property. And as soon he said, and it was early in the escalation spiral when things were beginning to go that direction, that the police just got on the bullhorn and said, hey, this is now an unlawful assembly. Yeah. And everyone just dispersed. Well, that's good to hear. I, the same thing happened here where we had a Black Lives Matter march through downtown Bozeman once. And our, our sheriff, who has now moved on to a, a statewide position, was always really good. And um, at least in my experience, and he said the same thing. Listen, we respect your right to uh, to assemble and to speak your mind. Uh, the second you break one window or frankly cause one crack in the sidewalk, uh, we will yeah. uh, we will end this very quickly. And yes, we will. they didn't do a damn thing. They did their yeah, stupid little march and here. nothing exactly. happened. Yeah, if the local law enforcement and just the local citizenry are all kind of on the same page and sort of, hey, we're about rule of law as soon as it gets out of hand. Well, I mean, not only were the police present, but it was kind of like you've got a lot of armed people that clearly are going to defend their properties and their lives if they have yeah. to. So it's like, good luck with that. You know, chuck, well, I, that um, chuck a brick at the guy, you know, grandma carrying an AR-15. Yeah, that's, <laughs> really. I hope your future days are spent much more in free country and not in oppressed territory and all the best in your uh, your ongoing move. Yep. Well, thank you. And so sort of last thought before I sign off here. Sure. Anyone out there even considering this? I have left everything behind. I am living out of my car. I have cut. I had to I just burn the boats 
get out of occupied territory, get on the road and get to free country. It is so worth it. Yeah. So worth it. Lots of challenges. If anyone's in the position to be able to do that, do it. If you can't, maybe find out who you know in free country and just have some vacation plans in case, you know, your locale oppressed territory goes to shit. Yeah. You have a short-term vacation plan as a possibility. Well, Godspeed, man. I'm glad to hear you taking action and taking control of your own life. That's uh, that's yeah. good stuff. Yeah, and there's lots of opportunities I'm sure that I can touch on another time, but I'm just jazzed to finally be more here. And well, that's so, good to hear. Closer uh, I, to you all. Yeah, it's not. It's just a, a short trip down I-90, and you know, it was, we had a lot of fun in that part of the country on the Fourth of July. So perhaps we'll be heading yeah. that way soon. So, got Thank a you, fan man. out here. You guys rock. Thank you for everything you do. Um, Appreciate it. Part of your your this community, you guys inspired me to like. You know what? If that exists. If this community exists physically somewhere, I'm gonna go find it. And I'm That's so great. glad you got to wave that flag. I'm glad. Well, I'm you. glad to hear uh, you say that. I appreciate that, and uh, all the best with it. It sounds like it's working out. So thank you for the call. Rock on! You guys have a great rest of the show. Thanks, uh, man. That's that's really good to hear. I, I appreciate that. And that's it, a white it's, tonight. It's it's like you might actually live in a van down by the river, but <laughs> yeah, but. It, it, you have to make decisions in life. It's like, would I rather have a modest life or who knows what you build? You might build total extravagance and I hope everybody does. But even yeah. if you have to accept a little bit of modesty for a year or two or however long it takes, would you rather have modesty that you are in full control of or extravagance that is under the direction of somebody else? I don't want to live as someone else's puppet. Even if I live in a palace, Yeah, I'll take the van down by the river that I control 10 out of 10 times. <laughs> And I'm glad, I'm glad to hear him say that. That doesn't and, and sound so bad living in a van. People do that voluntarily these days. Uh, yeah. A lot, a lot of people do. And actually there people have sweet van setups. I'm not even trying yeah. to knock the van community. You guys out there who maybe some of you listen to this show while you're driving around. I have no idea, but the people who have these, like, well, the, the Gabby Petito, Brian Long, I was setup. just, damn it. I was going to get there. <laughs> <sighs> it didn't work out well for them, but I have encountered some people who, Man, like they they basically have a mini house inside of those vans. Yeah. And you mm -hmm. have total freedom. And I, I would take freedom. It might freedom. drive you to murder your significant other though. It might. You guys got to have a good relationship before you head out on, <laughs> before you head out on that road trip. But I would take freedom and control of my own life over. The, 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 there's no wealth that is greater than that. At least in my opinion, I, I'm yeah. not, I'm not going to take a check in place of those things. So inspirational stuff from that call. I appreciate it. Okay. We are at the bottom of the hour. I do know we have some uh, email questions to get to. So I might have to, we do have two callers in the queue. So let's see if we can just get through them. Uh, Mr. Short N word. Um, we are a little bit tight on time, but uh, if you have some thoughts, go for it. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, I'll try and keep this relatively short then. And um, I think it's probably more directed towards blonde, but of course, Matt chime in. Sure. And, uh, the question, the starter off question, I guess, this is how old is too old to red pill a lady there? How old for the lady? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I mean, she's probably going to be pretty locked in by 30. By 30. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, though. It's, then, uh, women are always malleable. It's going to be easier to red pill a woman than a man, probably. How long should you spend trying to red pill a lady before you're like, ah, this is a lost cause? Six months. Six months. 
And is there a uh, particular strategy? Like, do you try and like ease her in, just like, or just go right for it and just tell her, or you know, the uh, the numbers for crime statistics or something like that? Are you already banging this lady? I, I could be. <laughs> First of all, it could be a hypothetical. Okay, it's okay, clearly but, not. You know. <laughs> Clearly not a hypothetical. Okay, if yes, then just start throwing it at her. Just just get in there. You already have, you know. Um, but be a little gentler if you haven't already had sex with her. Okay. She's obligated to hear you so, out to, like, validate the mistakes she's already made by having sex with you. So you can go a little harder in that case. So the, the strategy is first go hard and then, and t you know, start the conversations. <laughs> There it is on the nose. Okay, okay. And uh, when should you give up? I don't know. I'd give it six months of like. No, no. Like, is is there like a particular like topic where she's like, like if she's <sighs> big into like trannies or drag queens, you just. I mean, like, uh... everybody's got their line, but the things I find intolerable are the the tranny kid thing. I, I just have no tolerance for that in people. I don't know what what do you abortion? That that's a hard line to draw. What do you think, Skag? Uh, ooh, as in, uh, well, to me, I, I take political opinion to be mostly a reflection of values. So uh, to, uh, there's a deeper issue there. I, I probably wouldn't measure her suitability for marriage by what she necessarily. I wouldn't look at her voting tendencies, although those are important, but I, those are symptoms of a deeper issue. So I would have these conversations about what do you want in life? You want marriage, you want kids, you want family, you want some aspect of that. Generally, if yes, they're going to have perspectives that flow out of that. So um, if you ask me how I would handle it, I, I wouldn't go for politics first. I would I would be asking the I, I, I don't know. You have to tell me, uh, Mr. Short N word. Um, I assume that you're looking for a woman for for marriage or what are your purposes? Well, eventually I don't want to get married. You know, I'm in no rush. I'm hmm. relatively young enough that I have a, at least a little bit of time and I don't have ovaries. So I have well, extra time in that I'm, sense. I'm a firm believer at this point, at this point in my life, and I, I, I'm sure you're younger than I am. So take it with a grain of salt. But um, every relationship should have a goal. And if, if that's not stated and established early on. You may, I'm not saying you will, but for me, relationships that I had that didn't have stated goals that were being worked toward or pursued, yeah, they just, God, they, they, they just, just start spinning. Just the wheels forever. just start spinning. Yeah. And and then you wake up a little while later and you realize like, well, what are we doing here? And for me, in one instance, it's like, oh, I guess we didn't have a shared vision of the future at all. We probably should have talked about that. Yeah. That would be my only piece of advice, though. You know, if you got by your own description, you got time to think about these things. So, yeah, I got time, but I don't I don't want to have too much time there. Kind of deal. So, um, how flexible should us conservative men be with our standards? You know, like, like as far as like my kind of like requirements, I'd like I personally would like, you know, a smart fit driven, you know, good values who's somewhat spiritualist, at least yeah. maybe religious lady kind of deal. But it you know i i live in a little bit of a liberal area it's well you know. i think i think blonde's right that women are malleable and they respond to leadership so and it all depends that, on what you're bringing to the table yeah you, you got to be that leader it, I, I think um well, you can you can tell 
you can tell some women women are maybe more inclined to that thing from the start but but yeah i mean you 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 have to you have to be assertive and be a, an active leader in in creating the life that you want to build together and she'll respond to that if you yeah provide it okay and the last question there is um so like this might be a little bit more broad right, for other people as well is it better to let our genetic line die than to be stuck with a lefty, possibly leading to divorce and or tranny children? Oof. Only you and know the answer to that question. I, only you can prevent uh, tranny children. Like, <laughs> that's dad's job. Yeah, for real. <laughs> if you have to kill your wife, I'll start a GoFundMe for you. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, at least with children, you have a genetic future beyond yourself. But at the same time, you might be stuck in some kind of divorce hellhole yeah. there where you're paying Man. alimony and all that jazzy stuff. I would do anything you can to avoid that situation. Hmm. Men do pretty well without procreating. Oof. Yeah, but I, I do think there is a an aspect of a future beyond yourself that oh, of course, I, I, but I believe is at what to cost? Genetics, you, know? you know, not just. If your line ends up being some shit lib weird gender hybrid freak show, is that really any better than you you as an individual not persevering? And biologically speaking, if that's the best you can do, should you really persevere as an individual? I don't don't know. The good news for you is you're young and that's probably not the best you can do. You know, you take it seriously at a young age. You build the best version of yourself that you can. And you take a leadership role with women and say, listen, this is what I'm building. Are you in or are you out? The right one is going to come along. The the mistakes that I made when I was younger is I got so attached to every single one that I viewed any individual failure as such a devastating failure. I'd have a hard time moving on. Mm. But if you build something awesome for yourself and let the right one follow you in that path, uh, things will work out just fine. Don't have sex before marriage either. That'll actually really help to weed out some women. I say it's it's, it's a a little hard, (laughs) you know, to be idealistic when everybody else isn't around you kind of deal yeah i get you know it's uh like i you know i think i am those qualities as well yeah uh, and i'd like to find somebody similar in those kind of qualities but uh all it takes is one a little too much (laughs) all it takes is one i was in the same boat you know uh three almost four years ago so yeah it it, well you'll 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 say that yeah Okay, thanks. I'll I'll say that's about it. I can give you some health advice, or you guys can cut me off here. And we are we gotta here. cut we you gotta off. Gotta keep it moving. But thank you. Okay, and, sounds and good. Good luck, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sure you'll find exactly what you're looking for. Thank you very much. Toodaloo. Have a great night. All right. Okay, that actually will do it on callers. I thought we had one more, but uh, apparently not. So appreciate your patience, everybody, trying to get in and um if you're having trouble up your calls or (laughs) not your calls shorten up your uh, email questions Ah, i was gonna say i can shorten up the calls by saying you shut the hell up and get out of here one thing you mentioned that i'm interested in elaborating on a little bit more because we've always joked about like you know blonde raising the uh, gofundme for desmond when he fulfills his destiny and gets revenge on his mom for everything that she's done for him um if you're not aware of desmond he's the child drag queen who has performed in new york city bars and done all sorts of other things uh but man maybe this is much broader it's like the blonde global fund to defend uh no how would i phrase this 
the blonde global fund it's got to be something about people who had it coming people who had it coming people who had it coming (laughs) you know killing your parents that forced you to uh, gender transition and do hormone therapy so that they could accrue social points in in my opinion is the same as killing somebody that sexually abused you when you were a child Mm. Well, and I totally support killing your pedophilic overlord. Kill that person. Kill him good. No justice. Actually, defensively. Yeah. Susan. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah. We'll have to flesh this out at another time. And of course, this is all hypothetical and comedic. Uh, mm-hmm. Nothing sincere here at all. As always. Uh, if you'd like to send a question, uh, an email question into the show. As I mentioned, you can do that on the contact page of the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. That's the one and only place we accept call-in show questions. And as always, aiming for as brief as possible a question is appreciated. Uh, Anonymous for obvious reasons is up first tonight. And Anonymous says, I'm fit, 30 years old, and a white male. I make 60K, but work is 100% paying for my master's, so potential for growth. Anyway... Bagged and not quite based, but malleable 20-year-old. Been dating three months, but things shifted for her at school, and she hasn't been able to exercise. BMA, BMI probably gone up three points from healthy to overweight. Want her to be healthy if she's going to be potentially be the mother of my children. She's what malleable, but approaching points. a woman... How much weight is that? I don't know. Um, like 30 pounds? BMI would be 3% in that case, right? That's a percentage figure. So it's it's got to be... The average female BMI is like, isn't in the twenties. Okay. So women have a higher my... BMI than men, obviously. So anyway, five, uh, she's six. malleable, but, but approaching okay. a woman with her weight is akin to playing hacky sack. Oh, approaching a woman about her weight is akin to playing hacky sack with a live grenade. Any advice or thoughts on how I can help her anonymous for obvious reasons? Um, the, the th- you're right that you don't, well, it's not that you can't, but I, I would not take the approach of saying, Listen, you've put on too much weight. Uh, Let's fix that. um, In every situation, uh, I think it's better to... At the end of the day, you guys want to both be active for yourselves and for each other. The way that I would go about this is say, listen, let's, let's, let's pick a physical activity. Let's do this together. Let's be active together. Let's figure out a way. Okay. Yeah. You can't touch this, man. Like, I, I don't know what to tell you because if you're like, listen... I love you, but you're fucking fat. She's going to dump you immediately. That's a lot of weight for her to gain, though. It's That's like 20 pounds. It, it says that she... Okay, let me... She hasn't been able to exercise. My question is, did she before? Has she lost time and she's just not active now? That's you have it an in there of like, hey, let's, let's start doing that activity again. What I would... Just come up with an activity and figure out a way to do it together. Yeah. You know what I've found um, doing a physical activity together, I I have found to be very rewarding. We don't have as much time to do those things together now that the kid is in play, because generally we have one. Somebody's got to be on kid duty at all times. Yeah, at all. But as a couple, being active for ourselves and for each other has been really rewarding. It's not just for like, obviously, you want to stay in good shape, but we've had it's just a fun aspect of our relationship prior. So. It doesn't have to be a shame thing. It's just like, hey, I'd like to do this activity. Will you come with me to do it? Yeah. Okay. That's the way I would try it. 
Timja, the rice man, what do you think about reclaiming the word vaccine in the Rona context? This is clearly not a vaccine in the traditional sense, and most of us has taken those shots. Um, do we start asking for which disease <laughs> when asked? Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe we shouldn't call this a vaccine. It's not. If you want to be purist about the terminology, it is something different than vaccines traditionally were. And you can take another angle on this. Does it deserve to be called the vaccine? Why right. is it right, right. on some elevated plane above all the others? Uh, no, I, that's I, true. I, I don't know. I, I suppose you could. I don't think that would necessarily accomplish much, though. I don't know that people. would. Well, I don't know. I mean, we we need to take back language in the ways that we can. The left uses language to manip manipulate yeah. us all the time. So I think that that's a that's a good start. Yeah. Oh, the um, on the prior question too. Uh, one one other thing I would suggest if if there are group activities like group classes oh, yeah. at gyms yeah, or something yeah. like that. That that's way, it's good. not just you. Like, hey, bitch, turn that treadmill up or something yeah. like that. It's <laughs> it's like okay, here's an activity that we do together, and you're not pushing her. There'll be a trainer there. Um, that's gentle, or and, pay for her personal training. Yeah, yeah, that's an option too. The great thing with group classes too is there's gonna there are gonna be new friends in there. It's more of a social thing. Uh, that would be the route that that would go. Just to to add another thought to it. Uh, winter is coming. What defines an expert, and how many times can you get it wrong and still be considered an expert? Well, yeah, that's yeah, that's a great question. What what defines an expert? I, to me, it's like if I had to assign my own layman definition, someone who has devoted a significant amount of time to studying and understanding a particular topic, does that mean that you can't be wrong? No, it means that you've probably spent more time than average looking yes, at this. Right. Yeah. I hate to be that guy, but um, you can be wrong any number of times and still be the leading expert in the field. If you're trying to discover the truth of a matter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe the, the way to, well, huh? Because how do we distinct? How do we make a distinction between wrongness of someone who is honestly trying to assess a new and developing topic versus the sort of wrongness that I think we're watching, personally at least, in this coronavirus stuff, with it, which is more of an intentional shady wrongness. In the case of Dr. Fauci, I don't even have to assign motive. The guy said, "I've been shifting the goalposts to get you to do what I want right. you to do." He said that openly exactly. to the New York Times. I don't like. How do you? Other than him saying that, how do you differentiate between, I guess, what you would call honest, good-natured wrongness versus manipulative Manipulative, wrongness? yeah. That's an important differentiation, too. Hmm. Um, winter is coming. What? Oh, I just read that one. Uh, you just read that. Yeah. Carge African-American. <laughs> <laughs> how much more stripping of people's pu liberty publicly do we need before we fight back? This is a scag question, because I'm like, we have they've stepped over the line. <sighs> I, well, I... I think we generally have too. Uh, I think that people's rights are being violated in any number of ways that they shouldn't be. And I think it's perfectly morally acceptable to be standing up to um, particularly the federal government in this context and saying, no, I'm not advocating like a march on Washington. I'm not advocating some offensive thing. What I, what I would hope that we have the organization and the, and the moral will to do is to just say no to these people. And that's not, that's not aggression. It's a purely, defensive purely uh non if you don't consent to their control of your of your life you just opt out that's all it is yeah so yeah. fight back i mean to me the fight back is just just saying no that's the fight yeah. back that i'm looking for do yeah. we have that in us um it's, it's the answer the the 
purest point of your question, though, how much more? I, I don't think more is necessary. I think we've crossed that threshold. Every single one of your fundamental rights is is under assault by these people. They don't want you yeah. to be able to speak your mind. They don't want you to be able to defend yourself. They claim to believe in bodily autonomy while they're the, the, while they're the only people wanting to physically stab you against your will and inject <laughs> you with a foreign substance. <sighs> You're right. If you don't own those things, if you don't own your own mind, if you don't own the defense of your own self, and if you don't own the autonomy of your own body... In the actual pure sense, I'm not talking about pregnancy where there's someone else's body at stake, your own body and nobody else. You don't have the fundamental rights that this country was supposedly founded on. So yeah. I have no issue with defending those. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Josh says, maybe you can help me with a dilemma. I volunteered uh, to run a chess club at the local library in Pennsylvania, and they told me they were excited to do it, but everyone have to wear a mask. Mind you, the library policy is that masks are strongly recommended, but not required for patrons. The mask is only required for people using a meeting room. I was mildly surprised, but not shocked by the mask mandate for the kids chess club. Ugh. Keep in mind, our governor has decreed kids have to wear a mask all day in school. What should I do? I'm wavering between telling them I'll run the program and wear a mask myself, but I won't enforce masks on other people, in which case I expect their employees will absolutely enforce the mandate. Telling them now that I won't do the program at all, or three, uh, wait until the program starts in two months, but show up without a mask myself and make them deal with it then. My answer is three. How about you? Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Make them deal with it because then they're going to be in too deep into the program planning and perhaps they'll just be like, fuck it. I, you, you said something a while back when we were still navigating all this nonsense and it was very simple and something I should have, uh, adopted as my own. And I guess I kind of already had, but your point was, uh, if you're going to make the mask, if I'm going to wear the mask, you're going to have to physically come. Yeah. Force essentially to... force it on me you're gonna to have to get confrontational you're gonna to have to do the labor shift the burden of work to them and the right. second that you allow yourself it doesn't sound like you're considering i guess you telling them you won't do the program i mean that is shifting the burden to you that you've is, allowed them right. to control the space and i get it it's their library but it's also a public library all right and you're people a, are lazy you know they don't yeah. want to enforce this stuff so I mean, what's the worst case? The worst case is they tell you, uh, no, you can't do this and we're going to stop doing this. Okay. Uh, you go make your chess club somewhere else. You figure it out. But yeah, you make them kick you out. You make them give you the boot. Yep, exactly. I think that's uh, the proper answer. And good luck with the chess club. Good luck with that. Yeah, I hope that goes well. That's a good activity that's for total, kids. total bullshit, by the way. You can go in the library and not wear a mask unless you are... What if I brought a big study group into the library and we all sat at a table? You all That's a no masks. mask scenario. But if we are a formal group who sits in a formal room, masks the library required. glory holes, I think are okay. Isn't that what Fauci said? <laughs> uh, they did. It didn't. Was it? I don't know if it was Fauci, but there were. No, it was the Canadian. There was a uh, some. I don't know if it was local or federal Canadian government that had serious sex practice advice through coronavirus and there was glory hole language in it i remember this that's right and then yeah. and there was a famous fauci bit about tinder oh yeah that's right mm -hmm. yeah this is von crescenstein a bit of an extension to last week's question it's really long okay but i'll allow it All right. this week 
I had a building alarm go off at one of my sites. I didn't tell the dispatcher that they left the door unlocked and the wind had blown the door in to set off the alarm. I just told them I had a building alarm. It took 20 minutes for the PD to show up and search the building, which I already had done. Um, The real kicker is the situation uh, four blocks away. They said, oh, the police station is four blocks away. They say it's due to short staffing and that staff is at an all time Mm. low. How can people possibly be okay with 20 plus minute response time only a few blocks away? How does this end? Once nefarious people realize that response times are so long, crime here is going to go absolutely bonkers. Will fed police take over local PD or will everyone keep hiring private security? We'll we'll be like South Africa. Everyone's going to have to hire private security and people that can't afford it are just going to get murdered in mass. And then they're going to spin it like it's some uh, white nationalist problem. Um. Yeah, I, I, th- it's exactly what you think it's gonna. What you Maybe think gonna this happen. is an intentional op in the way you're describing. I mean, more and more, I'm I'm warmer to those theories because, you know, of the same theme. I, I'm baffled to hear bumbling Joe Biden on the CNN stage and the 50 or so people he can attract into that auditorium, who of course are just observing coronavirus rules like good responsible citizens. But to hear them clap, all these clapping seals saying, yeah, fire those cops. Yeah, fire those firefighters. Fire those uh, the, the other emergency personnel. You're going to get insane response times and and or nobody to respond to your actual emergency. I know. And I can't like as much as I disagree with these people politically. And I was watching exit polls out of Virginia last night, also baffled because the polarization on political issues between McAuliffe and Yunkin voters is so insane. Like we don't it's 90 percent swings in either direction. We don't agree on anything. But I can't believe that these people genuinely want slower emergency response times no nobody really wants that so it's like are these people is this all fake is this an intentional op to delegitimize to to make local law enforcement or other emergency personnel so ineffective that we throw our hands up and go well it's a problem we can't fix bring in the feds and then you get a federalized police force you get additional national takeover because the problems that they have created are so grand in scale that only Washington DC can come fix us and yet yeah. again we have an ever encroaching federal government controlling more and more aspects of our lives yep it totally could be intentional you might be onto something <sighs> god what is this world ridiculous so it's like 20 minutes for four blocks away my god don lemon poppers i don't even know what that means but it sounds like i probably shouldn't say it how would you handle an adult child or sibling deciding they are transgender my 22 year old brother has decided he is trans taking hormones and is taking and has taken on a new name would you use the new name or pronouns what would you sacrifice in order to maintain the family semblance wow that is a rough situation uh or a difficult situation to deal with as far as how i would handle this the burden should not fall on you to maintain the family semblance your brother is the one that has destroyed the family semblance by literally creating a new identity that's discordant with the identity that he was born with at birth Hmm. that's fucking crazy um you have every right to reject this supposed new person as your kin uh and i i don't know i mean the time to talk to him was a long time ago it sounds like you kind of missed the boat on this one so you just have to decide if can you even bring somebody back from the brink like that i know of like anecdotally like two cases in in my huge internet network of people that were like i'm detransitioning you people really commit once they do it i know they exist i i I remember they were part of that a 60 minutes special that got glad all pissed off. Cause there was a whole yeah. bunch of them that were part of a whole hour show. Um, 
Man, uh, well, I'm just going to take this in the context of how I take my general approach to family, which is I don't have, I don't necessarily have a, a set of beliefs that my family must adhere to to be considered a member of my family. My tolerance for your your ideology, your worldview, that'll go pretty far as long as you're not aggressing upon me, because I I think that that family integrity is right up there with the most important values to uphold. Yeah. If this person is trying to encroach upon what is rightfully yours, as in your opinion, your viewpoint of it, or possibly the words that you use. I mean, I don't know. Could I be persuaded to use a different name? I could be persuaded to, if my brother changed his name and wanted to be Bill, I guess I could do that. Um, if my brother wanted to call him a woman when that is just not factually true. That those are sort of the lines for like, I'm not going to no. deny reality on behalf of somebody else, even if it is family. And I would hope that they would understand where I'm coming from. I'm not, I, I wouldn't sever the relationship because I believe, I just think family is too important to maintain. But if they insist on forcing you to participate in a delusion as a precondition to that relationship, yeah. that's probably where I'd draw the line. Absolutely not. Yeah. I, I, I hope the best for your family. Um, and uh, I hope you find the solution that, that's right for you. Th thanks for uh, the question. Yep. Did I read that one? Uh, no. Uh, Justin Brunick, what are your guys' thoughts on the discrepancy between the government attempting to tax unrealized gains on assets when I can't deduct my unrealized children? Yeah. <laughs> my wife and I have five kids. We're going strong. The potential here is huge for us. Um, yeah. I think that... I'm with you, uh, but they're going to be able to enforce it, and you aren't. I, I I understand where you're coming from, and I think that that is a strong philosophical argument. I it, it's hard for me for me to even um, steal, man, the case for taxing unrealized gains it's of any kind. It's so like, bizarre. It's it's not only immoral and wrong; it, it's practically impossible, as we've talked about. Yeah. You, just because you have a lot of value in a certain asset doesn't mean you have a pile of cash sitting in a room somewhere. And it doesn't mean yeah. that you should be forced to liquidate any of the assets you do hold to pay the government for property that is rightfully yours. Uh, exactly. But... Yeah. Anyway, his glorious radiance says uh, he wishes to ask Master Christensen. Thank you. His his thoughts on the concept of judicial precedent. Is it proper for a civilized legal system unlike that of your lowly nation to force a man of law to judge against his instinct because of past decisions. Well, the best argument in favor of judicial precedent is you do want some level of, and this is not necessarily what I hold. This is just, if I had to argue for judicial precedent, you do want some level of stability and predictability in your legal system. If the legal framework in which you're operating changes every other year, you kind of have a chaos world. Yeah. Um, that said is precedent. Everything. Of course not precedent is written by people. It's a human interpretation of the law. It's vulnerable to flawed thinking that's honest, and it's vulnerable to ideologically oriented thinking that is totally dishonest. So, um, does is precedent a worthy consideration? I, I think it's worthy of consideration. Is it the top? It, should it be the top lens through which any judge interprets the law? Absolutely not. Just right. because some quack, what fifty years ago in the case of or 40 years ago, in the case of Roe v. Wade, invented a constitutional right to an abortion into the 14th Amendment does not magically make it so. Right. The, the quacks of yesteryear do not rule us now simply because they were in position before we were. And uh, so I, I, 
I don't know. I don't know. I guess I don't know what I, how I would rank my values of judicial interpretation and application, but precedent is, is low. It's lower than the text of the law being the constitution and, and the statute. Yes. As question. it should be. Jay, have you heard Robert Barnes talk about his removal from the Rittenhouse case? He says he had an expert panel prepared to help with jury selection and Kyle's local defense counsel turned it all down. Barnes claims that he was removed for asking questions about who controlled Kyle's fundraising money. Apparently not Kyle's mom has previously promised. Is this money related corruption or is it possible someone is sabotaging the defense? Um, wow. I can't even opine on that. Uh, Perhaps they didn't want, although Robert Barnes has an excellent reputation, so I don't want to be like, they didn't want to associate with, I don't, I don't well, want to say you that. Well, you know how they're going after association in the, right. not necessarily in the courtroom because the judge has been pretty good about throwing that out, but just in the battle of public opinion, Kyle Rittenhouse once did a okay hand sign with Proud Boys. I mean, right. like Alex Jones associated lawyer helps Kyle Rittenhouse. Maybe they decided they Maybe didn't they want that PR. That, yeah. It's it's hard for me to yeah. speculate. You'd ha- you'd honestly have to ask Robert Barnes about this because I. It's possible I no- someone's sabotaging the defense. I I tr- I truly have no idea. That said, uh, you know I'm no expert, and certainly I was ta- I got a lot wrong about the Chauvin trial in terms of its outcome. I don't I don't think that I I still stand by my assessment of the facts and and the law as a layman, but I certainly got the outcome wrong. Uh, but uh, watching some of the opening statements, I haven't seen everything. It, it The statements in combination with the judge, this does not look good for the prosecution to me. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to fall into the trap of ignoring how serious political considerations are as they were in the Chauvin case. That's so I'm not going to say like, yeah. oh, Kyle's got it on lock. But the defense that was given to me. That is, at least in the opening statement, I didn't see some of the witness testimony today, but the opening statement did not strike me as some sort of sabotage effort. That struck me as a very comprehensive assessment of the video and photo evidence. Um, and and I, I think the defense, in my judgment, is doing a pretty good job so far. Well, it remains to be seen. I mean, we, we don't know very much right now. Yeah. Doodle Bob. Hi, I think I might be a gay. Any advice on what to do? I'm a Christian and I want children, but something about other men gets me going. I can't seem to find women attractive in that way. I'm ashamed to discuss with my church. Any advice would be appreciated. Um, I mean, I hate to say pray the gay away, but you should definitely pray on it. And then if you can't control your urges, then celibacy. One thing I will say you should not do is entrap a woman with uh, by, by lying to yourself about your ability to like truly be heterosexual Mm. if you want to engage in a partnership where you have like an understanding like listen i'm pretty faggy i'm not gonna ever act on it but you're also (laughs) old and kind of fat and nobody else is gonna have kids with you and like we could build kind of a nice life together like we could shop for furniture and garden and have this sexless relationship outside of having children like as long as everything's above board i have no problem with that outside of that just do not Stick your dick in the promiscuous community of homosexual men. It's a nightmare. Hmm. Well, I, I certainly share the uh, discouragement of deceiving anyone along this route, whatever path that you choose. And I'm going to assume that your order of the description or the order of the descriptions of what you want here is chosen for a reason. You say, I'm a Christian and want children, but something about other men gets me going. That implies to me that there's an order of priority here. 
that that you want a family, you want kids, and you have this kind of other factor in, in your life. Um, think about those priorities and and go. I, I, I wouldn't tell you what to do other than to decide what is most important to you and pursue that. Direct your life toward that. And yeah. for most people, myself included, um, the 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 jollies of whatever you think you want in, in a particular um, sexual relationship, for lack of a better word, they are not anywhere as significant or satisfying as what it means to have family and purpose in your life. So I hope that, uh, I hope Matt that knows to... from personal experience because he was a butt pirate for many years. I tried it. Promiscuous. Family's way better. <laughs> no, I haven't tried it. Don't send me your okay. email. All right. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, if that is the correct order of what you want to achieve, um, just just keep yourself focused on that and move accordingly. And um, and I hope that you'll be able to achieve it. And, and good for yeah. you for being honest with yourself and with just yourself, ma- yeah. maintain honesty with everybody with whom you interact. And I think you'll be on the right track. This next comment, I think, was just meant to be an ask of us. I don't think that it uh, was meant to be read on air. What do you think? Uh, well, I have to read it. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't see the ask, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and fan says, since Republicans swept Virginia, I'm seeing a lot of people doing their fuck whites and whites are racist routines. Hmm. In response, I'm seeing a lot of right wingers soy facing over the fact that Lieutenant government governor, and the AG are a black and a brown and how this proves that they aren't racist and that the elections had nothing to do with a white backlash, which is clearly false, seeing that even shit lib whites in Virginia don't like being targeted by critical race theory. Is it just me or this mentality of perpetual losers like they still submit to anti-white morals even when they supposedly win your thoughts? Can these people be saved? Yeah, this isn't the uh, the, the glowing heroic story and victory that people want to make it out to be. It's a nominal victory because the upset is a little bit uh, funny. And that's that's pretty much it. Materially, I don't I don't really know this is going to matter. But it is true that obviously white people were like, you're not going to indoctrinate my kids with critical race theory. And that's what caused this. Yeah, I I would still take more encouragement uh, in it than than maybe you would. I don't know, simply because I think that the people who are doing the voting in Virginia are doing it for the right reasons, which is a whole bunch of things, but included in them is you're not going to indoctrinate my kids. You're not going to throw a whole bunch of Marxist nonsense into their brains. Mm -hmm. That's in large part why this vote went the way that it did. And I don't think a lot of people were going to the polls specifically to pat themselves on the back about the diversity check boxes they hit when they voted for the lieutenant governor and the attorney general. It happened that it worked out that way. I think that you're seeing some pundits uh, take advantage of that because you know, they want to counter the points of the left. Oh, look how not racist we are. And I agree. I don't, I don't care. I, I really don't care what diversity boxes were checked that day. Right. But the encouragement I take is that's not why they were voting. Nobody went there with the intent of like, I'm going to I'm going to uh, stand up for the rainbow coalition with my vote. They went there because they want to protect themselves and protect their kids from this insane Marxist takeover. That's encouraging to me. Yeah. So the rest of the stuff's kind of noise. And I agree that it, it should stop. Um. All right. Incompetent hands. Uh, I know I'm a year early with this question i'm sure blonde will groan but if you'll allow 
you're Trump and you're running in 2024. <laughs> where you surmise your greatest weakness is uh, where do you surmise your greatest weakness is on the right? What's the one former policy you feel you need to address and course correct? What's a new policy you think you really need to tout? If you're Trump, how do you answer any question involving the FBI? Well, this is going to sound counterintuitive, and I recognize that it sort of cuts against some of the most entertaining or appealing things about Trump, but discipline. Like a Trump, even though I greatly appreciate, from an entertainment perspective, his propensity to open his mouth and just say stuff, because it does make for highly entertaining TV, but it's also what really turns people off about him politically. Not necessarily me, but there is a big, you look at Virginia, for example, how did Virginia swing so much? Because a lot, there are a lot of people out there who don't like all the crazy or off the wall stuff Trump says, but they do like the values. And I think Glenn Youngkin represents more of a Mitt Romney style kind of boring articulation of those values. I'm not taking a shot at him. Um, It's just, he's not Trump in terms of the wild rhetoric, but it's hard for me to advise Trump to like, shut the hell up a little bit more. (laughs) Because then he's not Trump. Yeah, it's less fun for us. <sighs> I, I really don't. But it is his greatest weakness. His inability to just shut the hell up sometimes gets him in political trouble. Yeah. How do you yeah, that's bring true. that in? Um, he's going to have to address his uh, the spending, the omnibus spending. He probably oh, wouldn't say anything about that. As a matter of policy, that too. Yeah. I mean, that's. I, and I feel like I'm like. I don't look to Trump to give me the best articulation of conservative or liberty based or constitution oriented philosophy. This is not a guy who's going to tell me why he believes certain things. He's just going to say that he believes them. Yeah. And it'll kind of, I think his instinct, I think his instincts are generally pretty good. I think his philosophical thought is obviously very lacking, but then again, what's like, what am I advocating here? If I, advocated for a restrained philosophical trump that's not trump anymore he's somebody else that's true yeah so anyway uh, if you're trump how do you answer any question involving the fbi uh i'm not sure i understand any as in questions people ask him about the fbi or the fbi's asking him questions i don't know yeah i have to punt on that question because i'm not i just don't i'm not sure i understand uh Maybe Trump just needs like a, a, maybe the answer for Trump is just a more savvy pol- uh, campaign manager, someone who can help him with just slowing down the shouting and the tweets a little bit, <laughs> but still understands his best assets and lets them flow. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's not me. Yeah. I can't do that job. <laughs> Brandon, I assume his actual name is Brandon. He's not just cashing in on all the Brandon cred these days. I want to ask a hypothetical. If you or your wife were raped uh, or uh, were raped and impregnated, would you keep the baby? Would the calculations change if the rapist were black or if you <laughs> discovered the child had some disease or deformity? Oh, boy. Uh, oh, God. All right. In this situation, I would give birth to the baby, keep the baby... Oh, I don't know. It depends on what my husband would want to do. Keep it as in you would raise it. You would not give that baby up for adoption or anything. I would have a hard time giving a baby up for adoption that was part mine, even mm. if it was part of rapist too. 
It's not the baby's fault. But then you can't ask your husband to just stick around. It would be harder for your husband to stick around if it was obvious to outsiders that it was not his kid. Well, it's a big ask, but at the same time, I mean, that that's also in this hypothetical, which I, of course I will add is extremely unlikely and extremely rare. Um, but let's say that it happened. I mean, that is a, that is a victimization of my wife. That was no fault of her own. I would have a hard time feeling that I'm morally justified in walking away from my wife, either because she was raped or because we, or she made the moral calculation to keep that child. And of course, from my perspective, I would never advocate. I I would not terminate the child. I just don't believe that child should pay the price of its life for the sins of that child's father. So, uh, I, and I, my interpretation, my, that would not change to me based on the race or even the, the health of the child. It's yeah. That I, again, if I am to believe in any moral framework in the world, it's that it's that human life has value and that is still an innocent human life that deserves the protection of any other. So that's the philosophy from which I would uh, come, come to this problem. Agreed. Um, would I keep the child? Well, I don't know. I mean, I suppose. I suppose maybe it depends on the situation. Can I care for this child? If it was today, I probably could figure out a way. Um, That's tough. I wouldn't begrudge anybody that made a decision almost in any direction. Or I guess it's not part my child. It's part my wife's child in this hypothetical, mm-hmm. not part my child. But uh, still, no. I mean, I and I, I really, this is... I, I don't struggle with this one as a matter of my own personal decision-making, to be honest. I mean, it's a difficult decision, but I, I fail to see how punishing that child with its life resolves anything. It it only right. makes it worse. As a matter of law, I find this to be a tougher one to to deal with. Because I am, I mean, I am sympathetic with the bodily autonomy argument when you've been raped, uh, you know, definitionally against your will. But at the same time... Yeah. Just because that crime was committed, does that mean another life must be snuffed out because of a crime someone else did? I don't know. I, extremely unlikely to happen, but I'm sure it, I'm sure there is such a circumstance for some people that it, it's, it's had to have happened to some people out there, maybe. Terrible. Hmm. Ugh. Well, on that note. Well, thank you, Brandon. We uh, we appreciate uh, appreciate the uh, question. Let's go, Brandon. And that's all for tonight. Uh, all right, let's get to the chat. We'll call it a night. Okay, let me reload this really quick, actually. Sorry, are you good over there? Uh, let me check, see what's going on on Tippy Stream. I have to reload as well. Incompetent Hands says, uh, had a dream that me and Blonde were dating. One night we were out and met another couple. It was Mike from Red Letter Media and... Marina Sirtis? Sirtis? I don't know who that is. She's from uh, Star Trek. Oh, okay. I asked Blonde if she wanted to break up and pursue the other couple. She smiled and said, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you for that. Uh, we're good on DLive as well. Thank you guys who uh, are hanging out there tonight. Uh, nobody. Happy No Nut November. Workout, finished product, projects, and your New Year's resolution. Talk with friends and family. Go hard on holidays and find faith. Hunting's good too. Oh, yeah. It is No Nut November. That is right. Hmm. Well, I'm glad it is going well for you. You are a mere three days in, so a long way to go. Shmuck Godspeed. Muck. 
Domains under heaven after a long period of division tend to unite after a long period of union tend to divide. This has been so since antiquity. Ah, uh, wait, wait. I got to hear that once more. That, that, that was... Domains under heaven after a long period of division tend to unite after a long mm. period of union tend to divide. Mm. So we are certainly, I think we are in the period, a long period of union, just historically speaking. I think we're at that point that's more likely to divide coming up soon, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, perhaps we shall see. Levi Smith. Um, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Hebrew for fear uh, can mean reverence and seems implied here. Mm. I see. Okay. The words have different. Uh, yeah, I could see reverence. Um, and maybe maybe I'm just wrong for having too much uh, skepticism of the term fear. Maybe I just don't fully understand its intent in this context. Furious Dan, with Matt's endless silver linings and blonde's black pills, you should rename this show The Bloomer and The Doomer. I do engage in a lot of doomerism. It's not it's not good for anybody. Uh, Except for well, me. It's cathartic. I certainly will find the one rose that is, uh, you know, amid the, <laughs> the, the, the ashes of an entire burned city. I'll be there. Oh, wow. <laughs> this one doesn't even have any thorns on it. Look how nice it is. Oh, yeah. I'm going to put they, it they, in They are kind water. of necessary complementary pieces. Um, you you got to look at things through all lenses and perspectives to really get an understanding of it. Yeah. Rise, Darth Jella. My job has staffing levels that are set by federal law, and the company looks to be implementing the VAX mandate. Things are about to get interesting at the nuclear power plant. Oh, great. I can't wait. You ever see Chernobyl? <laughs> yeah, great right. show. Oh, this is going to end badly. The Sanity Revolt. Ed Durr is best friends with my hero, Nick. Gur. <laughs> No, the, uh, the stream beef. didn't stop there. We just had to be I know. careful yeah, with our careful. phrasing. Ed Durr and uh, Nick Gurr, best <laughs> friends. But Ed Durr's real. That's not even a I know, he name. is. A stupid name. Chief Slingin' B. <laughs> Why does it make me laugh every day? What was the worst part of, your, of the day your kid was born? My huh. son was born last St. Pat's Day, and it was the test if he was deaf. That sucked. Hmm. Oh, if you want you want you want to watch my birth story? My daughter's birth was a disaster. Did you make a video about it? I can't remember. Or I'm On sure Motherland. Maybe you talked about it there. Yeah. My, the worst part of uh, the day my my daughter was born was her being transported by emergency vehicle to another hospital in another state to be investigated for a birth defect that she did not have. That's right. I forgot about that. So you got all the anxiety. But I guess if you were if you're going to pick, you want resolution at the end of the anxiety but at the same time you wonder why was the anxiety necessary in the first place yeah yeah we missed out on the anxiety um the worst it's hard for me to say the worst part because there wasn't and actually i didn't do they do anything i guess i wasn't aware how potentially intrusive this this hearing test is because they actually took him away from us to do this hearing test what do they do like stab him in the ears no, why was that the like worst part play things in his ear it's fine i thought it was actually i didn't know that uh slinging beef email me because what did they do to my son while they took him away how is this a terrible experience when they did the hearing test i want to know why that was the worst part oh that's um, okay the worst part speaking as honestly as i can without being too personal revealing there are 
fair to say there are some um, intense hormonal experiences <laughs> dur- like during the birth and after the birth. And those were a little bit tough to navigate. Of course, there wasn't serious conflict because I'm not I understand what's going on. But yeah, you know, it was a little bit tough to watch my wife. Be in be in sort of a difficult spot, just mentally, emotionally, physically. Um, and you not can't that there do was, anything about it. Not that there was anything bad or wrong, but you can just see the it's it's like the body recovering from any other trauma. Yeah. Where all of a sudden, like a little problem is it seems big, or you you're yeah. freaking out and anxious about some other thing. So that you know that was a that was a little rough. But did you guys have to spend any time away from the baby? Almost none. Oh, that yeah. was the other thing. Yeah. It was like not seeing her for almost a week. Like I, yeah, I did not get to spend a lot of. That's crazy. It was man. Terrible. They took him away for <laughs> the hearing like, okay? test. I'm just thinking about that. It was just. Like I was going to say you look like you're tearing up a little bit. <laughs> no, being separated from your baby right after after she was born, it was like, it was just and terrible. Actually, and then, yeah, I feel bad. I I just totally threw my wife under the bus, even though I I didn't. I'm trying to be very gentle and understanding, but that that was not actually the worst part. That's why it was unnecessary. The worst part was the weird doctor wearing the, oh, the, the trans thing, yeah. the pediatrician who comes sees comes and sees us the next day. And is wearing a transgender pride flag button and telling us any now anyone who handles your baby should wear a mask. And it's not because of Corona. It's because now that we've unmasked all the other viruses that, you know, uh, attack Unreal. children are running rampant. That was the worst part. Holding Unreal. it in like I wish I was. The only thing she did that was great was she didn't make me wear a mask. But I wish I was because I was really trying to hold in my facial expressions while she was talking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was doing yeah. my best blonde impression of like. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. But that sucks. Luckily, that was short. And I've never talked to her since. Never seen that lady again. Good. That's the correct uh, way to deal with that. Um, Nobody says guys need to learn what it means to be controlling, control your life, your home, your vehicles, and be the breadwinner. Take care of your family and make decisions. Mm. Truer words have never been spoken. That is, take control of the things that are yours. Yeah. And what you'll find is once you exercise, I know it's kind of a very Jordan Peterson perspective, but once you exercise proper control over your own domain, your urge to control the domains of others next to it none decreases, right? You, Cause why would you, you, yeah. you, you have enough on your plate, just dealing with the stuff that's around you and accepting yeah. responsibility for yourself and your family. That was one thing that Owen Benjamin, uh, I mean, he's articulate about, about a lot of things, but what he had to say to us that really stuck with me was, yeah, I mean, these people are agents of chaos. They thrive on chaos and the chaos in their own lives means that they crave control from an outside source to exactly. come in and clean it up for them. Once you clean it up yourself, I don't need any I don't need any authority figure to do that shit for me. And I'm certainly yeah, not going to try to exactly. force it on you. You do that yourself. That's the proper arrangement. Yeah. Um, Eric Burns March in 1927 Oliver Wendell Holmes wrote taxes are the price we pay for a civilized society in current year EBM notes the higher the taxes the higher the odds that a place is a leftist shithole yeah also true words um, uh, yeah. and big girl no note I think I think that's it great well thank you guys appreciate it let me uh, refresh and we'll make sure we're good and uh deus ex machina prime over on d live appreciate it of course we have pp poo poo over on <laughs> tippy stream oh this is different than isn't there a pp poo poo head or who is the other one that uh it's pp poo poo seven seven oh okay well this is pp poo poo 
who says, love you guys, never donated before, so here's a little something. Well, We have a, two pee-pee-poo-poos in the audience. Get it together, guys. We have pee-pee-poo-poos, and I appreciate the support for I the show. I am not going to be niggardly. That's uh, very generous of you, so thank you for that. And uh, appreciate everybody tuning in and supporting the show tonight as well. And uh, I don't know. We'll have to see. how many. Is there room for multiple pee-pee-poo-poos in this town? You guys might have to have a duel. Yeah. Oh, but... please have a pee-pee-poo-poo duel. <laughs> All only right. on beauty and the beta which is what our show is always called in my heart i i what do you have nostalgia for the old show name now yeah to, totally i like the simplicity of the new one but i'm done i do having, i like it but i'm, I'm still done nostalgic. having that battle with the audience and now that we're going on a year into it we're never going back it's been a right. year it was like january february that we changed it yeah holy shit it was around biden's uh, igno- inauguration it's that time there he did it but with the new presidency i figure it was a good and good time anyway we'll be back on sunday to talk about whatever happens between now and then hannah gutierrez's lawyers were interviewed this morning <gasps> really yeah i gotta oh. talk about that we'll see you uh sunday